everyone and welcome to 121 in flux i am peter and we are here today to do our top 10 movies of 2019 finally i mean it's only the end of march but it's so we have time to actually catch up and stuff stuff that we didn't get a chance to see during the year but i am joined today by almost everyone from alphas tv all the all the important people anyway uh uh, joining me (laughs) joining me is matt hey what's up pizza mean Tara's here. Hello. Oh, I made a mistake. Sorry, I thought Tim was here. Sorry, uh, Connor's the last one here. Yes, yes, very good. I was waiting for that. <laughs> See, it's another joke, and it gets me out of uh, Tim being mad at me. So, it's a win-win. It's a win-win for me. Uh, you think Tim's going to watch this? Not really, no. But like, <laughs> we're here to reveal our top 10 movies. This is not a combined list. Uh, all four of us went away and made our top 10 of 2019. And I will say that I'm glad we waited till March because I'd say half of my top 10 are movies that I have seen since the start of this year. So uh, I do think it's worth doing every year to, to give us that extra time. Uh, and obviously me and Tim did do our top 10 horror movies of the, of the year, which should be up by the time this goes up. So... Uh, we also did our worst 10 horror movies. Uh, we won't do our worst 10, but we will do some honorable mentions. And we maybe, we'll have a, just a, a quick discussion at the end about our most disappointing or hated movies or give the trash some a bit of, bit of limelight so Connor can talk about cats. Uh, so that, <laughs> <laughs> this is what we're going to do. Uh, so we'll start off with Matt's number 10. Okay, so Pete just brought up the things that you've seen recently. Uh, and this is one that I just watched. And I enjoyed it so much. Uh, it, it ended up as my number 10. And that's Rocket Man, which is the Elton John biopic. That was 1997, um, Matt. Don't, stop trying to put movies no, on no, this no, list no, from not the that wrong one. decade. That one's still funny. That's still top 10, but not of this year. That's that's top 10 of the 90s, right? Once we get to that list. Um, but yeah, no, this is the, the biopic starring Taron Edgerton, directed by, directed by Dexter Fletcher, uh, who also got credit for Bohemian Rhapsody. Which, from everyone that I know that has seen that, that was pretty disappointing. Um, and this is the superior movie. Um, and it made me realize that ugh, I kind of like Elton John. I didn't realize that until watching this this movie. Um, despite my wife being something a massive you should fan. know or not? No, because there's a lot of songs of his I didn't realize were his. Right? That just, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's got so, such a unique voice. I feel like yeah. I feel like I can name three Elton John songs. I can name you "Candle in the Wind." Mm-hmm. Uh, which of course was famously adapted into Ten Thousand Candles in the Wind. Uh, I can yes, name than, not Princess Diana's funeral. What's better than one candle in the wind, Pete? Ten Thousand Candles in the Wind. That's right. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so there's that one. There's Kai Field of Love Tonight from Lion King, and there's Rocket Man. As the three Elton John songs I can do. <laughs> yep. You poor man. Yeah. There's was, so many I... Elton John songs. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. And what's funny about this one too that I noticed uh, watching this one was that it was produced by Matthew Vaughn, who also had Elton John show up in uh, Kingsman Two, um, with Taron Edgerton. So I thought that was a, a fun uh, coincidence, I guess. Or I don't know if maybe working there, uh, they already had this fun. But no, it's really enjoyable. Taron Edgerton's like fantastic. I don't understand why he wasn't nominated for an award. Like we all kind of knew that. Uh, that Joker was going to take the acting this year. Um, it's one of those, no, he, he should have been. It's one of those things. It's exactly the sort of role I'd expect to get a nomination, right? Right. But at the same time, I feel like there's a couple of biopics every year like this, and I almost feel like 
there's almost no rhyme or reason as to which one gets picked for the award circuit and which ones get ignored. It's just, for some reason, one I, just gets picked and that's the one that gets all the award nominations. I do think part of it is, though, we had a big you know, music biopic last year that yeah. won mm. a lot of things, including actor, of course. And uh, I wonder if it's like, well, we did that last year. We don't need to do it again. Maybe. Yeah, and, and I think it, irrespective of quality. We can yeah. all agree that Taron Egerton needs to be a movie star, though. Like he's oh yeah, so great in everything. Watching this made me realize he's probably in my top three. He's he's entrenched he's now so behind, yeah, Gosling and Gyllenhaal. I'll watch him in anything that he shows up. Now I want to go back and see Eddie the Eagle. So I hear that's really yeah, watchable. that was great. Yeah. So, uh, but no, yeah, Rocketman's my number ten, um, which just snuck in there as I was formulating my list in the last couple of days. All right, Tara, what's your number ten? Number 10 is Bombshell. Da, da, da. Yeah, it's a, a movie about... A, it, it is based on a true story, and for the most part, uh, the events are truth, but there is a character who is made up for the story, which is um, Margot Robbie's character. And honestly, like her performance and her, what she had to go through was such a hard, such a hard but important thing to watch. Like they really nailed just how uncomfortable it is to sometimes that some people can force you into that position to be um, a woman in this day and age. And I think um, her and of course Charlize Theron as Megan Kelly was just like phenomenal as well. And um, John Lithgow as Roger Ailes as just this somewhat likable but then totally creepy guy um really powerful performances and um yeah worth watching movie i think i don't i I didn't really rate it like really high but it is one that stuck with me after i watched it for a while i think people forget that before third rock from the sun and before well just the 90s in general i guess uh (laughs) Lithgow was known originally for doing villains and doing great villains at that. Yeah. So Cliffhanger? Yeah, that was my go-to. <laughs> I, I was so thinking, I was thinking more Brian De Palma movies, but <laughs> sure. Yeah, but without, yeah. Harry and the Hendersons. He's definitely the bad guy in that one. Yeah. Is, uh, is, he comes through. He has a good arc in that one, though. Yeah. Is yeah. does Margot Robbie's character? Uh, she's made up, but it's like. What she goes through is that it was the purpose of that to like sort of take a lot of real events and give them to one character for the yeah, sake of following it through the movie. Like she represents just the the young intern, the young hot mm. intern who's just excited to be there, and um, how how that kind of attitude can be taken advantage of. And I mean, there are many stories about Roger Ailes, and I think she's like an amalgamation of those stories. Okay, before before I make my point here, did anyone else see this? That's here. I did. Okay, good. Because I was about to say it's a really bad look that all three men didn't see this movie. <laughs> no. I did. I have it. I'll, I'll tell you now. It's nowhere near my top ten. Uh, I thought it was pretty good. Um, I thought it was elevated a lot by the acting. Uh, that was easily the best part of the movie. Is the rest of it, it was it was solid, but uh, the I acting mean... was was a award nomination worthy. And uh, I think it's unfortunate that, that Lithgow didn't get any yeah. buzz whatsoever because I think he was really underrated in that movie. Yeah, it, I'm glad we're having to let go with Sanso. <laughs> He's sort of coming back into... I mean, he was in two movies last year, so... Yeah. It, it was That's... funny as well because there was a in heavy prosthetics thought... this movie is, uh, yeah. and he did... Uh, he was uh, Churchill on The Crown a couple of years ago, and mm. again, under heavy mm. prosthetics. He seems to thrive in those roles right now. 
Yeah, I just want to go on record and say I don't want to remember his other movie from 2019. Thank you very much. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's also remarkable it. that Charlie's like so much like uh, Megan Kelly. Um, so it just and sounds just, like- yeah, like we know she's a gifted actress, but then they went above and beyond. So no, this is the one that's been on my list. I just haven't been able to track it down, <laughs> especially right now. Uh, Redbox is in high demand. So, uh, yeah. All right, cool. Uh, Connor, what's your number 10? Uh, my number 10 is Ophelia, which I doubt anyone else here has seen. Um, this is. Connor, go to Connor. <laughs> yeah, 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 I know. There's a couple of those, don't worry. This... Um, I can already tell here. I just, I know. Yeah, no, this, this, is, this is Hamlet. This, this is the Shakespeare oh. play, obviously, but, but yeah, from. Yeah. Uh, Ophelia's point of view. Uh, it's a really condensed version of Hamlet. It's only about two hours long as opposed to, well, I mean, the last That's version. That's not condensed enough. <laughs> it's like half the last version I saw. So, you know, uh, it's down yeah. there. Um, but this is, uh, it's Daisy Ridley in the in the, the lead role. Oh, okay. Uh, That's why you saw it. All right. We've established the, no, the timeline of events here. What it was. That is why I looked at what it was. Yes. But I like a lot of Shakespeare films. What do you want me to say? Yeah, th- this, this, is, is true. this is not news. Uh, what, what year did you have Macbeth super high? Oh, that was like 2015, the, uh, yeah. the Curzel one. I love that yeah, movie. Yeah. It's fantastic. Uh, <laughs> I, that, that showed up in my decade list as well. So, you know, <laughs> this, this is not out of character for me. So, it's so funny. Last day, Tara says, oh, there was no David Chazelle movie that this year was. So, Connor can't pick one of those stupid movies. <laughs> so, and then so he, he somehow <laughs> still brought one up. <laughs> so, so, Connor, I need to bust your bubble, Oops. but according to, to Wiki... Ophelia's from 2018. I think it had a festival release in 2018, yeah. but it was definitely okay. a wide release. So yeah, I, I checked. Okay. There's definitely one of mine that's technically from a previous year, but it didn't become available widespread until this year. So okay. Yeah, uh, I have an article I, mentioned like that too. Yeah, okay. I just yeah. wanted uh, to double check. Um, oh man, it's got Naomi Watts too. That's got great cast. And yeah. Tom Felton. Tell, please tell me that Tom Felton's still still hateable. Uh, kind of, yeah. Okay. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's really good, and it's got the um, the guy from 1917s in it as well. George McKay. Yes. He's playing Hamlet. Schofield. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. No, uh, it's uh, no, it's it's really good. If, if you if you like Shakespeare things, it's uh, and you know it is a a faithful-ish uh, look at Hamlet. Um, all the stuff that follows is is kind of there, but it is just you know from her perspective instead. So it's just slightly different. Um, but it's uh, it's pretty good. I like it a lot. Huh. Yeah. Okay. Uh, my number ten is One Cut of the Dead. This is a kind of horror, kind of comedy movie from from Japan, which is really hard to talk about without spoiling because you can't spoil it. You have to tell people to just trust you and watch it because. It, it, it changes a lot. After the first 30 minutes, it changes quite a bit and you don't want to spoil what it does. This, I'll just say that if you're a fan of filmmaking and if you're a fan of, of horror movie making, One Cut of the Dead is a fun time. And if you think that first 30 minutes is kind of weirdly off, like you're like, this is kind of weirdly cheesy and I'm not really feeling, why do yeah. people like this? Don't worry, it will all click together. When you get past that 30 minute mark, it will all click. It's not even a long movie, it's like 85 minutes long. It's not a long yeah. time. So I just pulled this up, and I'm going to ask Pete. Yes. Can I give out what the translated name is from Japanese, or does that give away too much? Uh, yeah, I think so. Okay, then I won't it, say. I is, won't it, say is, it, is it a job role kind of title? It, it, it's yeah. something to do with with that. Yes. Okay. So, yeah. But you can't. Yeah. No. 
You can. Okay, I don't. I don't want to ruin it. This seems it, it is made on a twenty-five thousand dollars budget. Oh yeah, so and, it's dark super tiny. And now I'm gonna have to dig this up. And because obviously I think people look at this and go, oh, it's a zombie movie. We've had enough zombie mm-hmm. movies. No, no, no. Yep. This is not really a zombie movie. It's not really a zombie movie. It, it, it's it's a very uplifting movie. If you like cinema, you will be uplifted by the end of this. You will be like saying, "Yeah, movie making, bitches." You'll gotcha. be into it. I promise. Um. It made over a thousand times its budget. It made thirty million worldwide on a on a uh, twenty five thousand dollar budget. So man, so expect a sequel. Yeah, yeah. But second cut of the dead. <laughs> yeah, another cut of the dead. There you go. Uh, all right, that's my number ten. Matt, what's your number nine? All right, so my number nine. It wouldn't be my list without throwing in a broad comedy because I, I try to. There's certain things I try to, to fill in each list, and I nail them all this time. Uh, but my number nine is the movie Good Boys, uh, the comedy that's essentially super bad for preteens. And I'll tell you, I, I wouldn't recommend it to everybody. Like I, I can tell Pete's probably not going to like it. <laughs> um, but I have not laughed this hard in a theater all year. Um, there, there are certain scenes that involve Stephen Merchant showing up that I just, it kills me still just to think about. But yeah, it, it's basically the story of, of kids trying to, you know, they, they get to the drone that they're not supposed to play with. The drone gets lost, and now they're frantically trying to figure out how to replace said drone. And they go out on an adventure um, that, that none of them will ever be the same after. Um, but it's got Jacob Tremblay, who is the kid from Room. Um, he's kind of the main kid. And just, it's preteen shenanigans from Matt, start to finish. Joe would sell me on this movie if he was playing the uh-huh. same character as he was in Room. Yeah, and this, well, is, this is him a couple of years later. Him having a very hard time adjusting. <laughs> By drone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. By drone, the world's a lot bigger, even outside the room. Right? Like, oh, no, I'm just thinking about Jericho doing a promo yeah. on a drone this past week. Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> Such a piece of shit, Vanguard. Uh, did you see he went, not, not to uh, delay this uh, or derail this, but he also <laughs> cut a promo on his Roomba at home? I did see that, yes. I did <laughs> see you that. Think, you think you're better than me? <laughs> oh, that's good. But no, I, I do recommend Good Boy to those that are fine with broad comedy. Um, it might not be everybody's cup of tea, but I'll tell you. I My wife leaned over me three times going, you need to quiet down. You're laughing too hard. <laughs> so that's just always a good sign for me. The trailer but- was funny. You're embarrassing yes. me, Matt. You're embarrassing me. I can take it you is. anywhere. Nope. <laughs> oh. <laughs> All right, Tara, what's your number nine? <laughs> uh, Captain Marvel. Hey. I didn't want to put too many Marvel movies on my list or like really high budget films, but uh, I really, I really did love this film. I, I know it's not everyone's like favorite or top tier Marvel movie, but I love the '90s aesthetic of it seeing um, Sam Jackson so young but more importantly like it really was a movie that I wish I had when I was a kid you know just to have someone like Captain Marvel on screen you know when I was a kid all my friends we used to play Power Rangers like (laughs) during recess and stuff and nobody ever wanted to be the Pink Ranger like we all wanted to be the Red Ranger because the Red Ranger was the leader and uh, nobody like the female characters that we got were there on screen because they were hot or <laughs> because they needed to be saved. And, but I could see like us as kids all 
wanting to be Captain Marvel. You know, it's it, I think it's a really important movie and I love that it exists. And it was a really good movie, too. I thought I had a blast with it. I thought the villains were really great. Um, a cool twist and uh, a lot of great comedy. And yeah, it's a good movie. I really, if I remember to do it, when Tara said, I know it's not for everyone or whatever, to the effect that you said that at the start, I'm going to just mm-hmm. slowly zoom in in Connor's face because Connor's face <laughs> during that part looked just of disgust. Yeah. So, uh, I'm not going to say this. Yeah, no, no. I'm going to say it, it's not going to end up on my list, but I did enjoy Captain Marvel. Um, I just, it's also not the worst Marvel movie that, that that certain fans try to make it out to be. It's also not the best. Like I had a friend say that it was better than Guardians and I was like, dude, <laughs> check the temperature <laughs> of the room, man. Like it's a fine movie. It's I have it entrenched in the middle, you mm-hmm. know? Um but yeah, no. And I, and I understand. The, yeah. So for for the same reasons that, that Tara said that my my nine year old niece, big, big fan, because she finally got to see a superhero girl that got to kick ass and yeah, take you know, it's not like I didn't have role models that were women mm-hmm. in film. It's just you know, ha- as a kid, having like a superhero yep. like that that I can and go to. I mean, I I I did like the Supergirl movie when I was a kid, but now it's like unwatchable. It's so bad. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, so it's it is like I try not to call certain movies important, but it is kind of important because it also let. Um, I do think it's better than Wonder Woman. That was like lobbing um, a grenade into the middle of a room and just walking out with a smirk yeah, in your face. Uh, <laughs> yeah. um, I mean, I, I like Captain Marvel. I don't love it. I had a lot of technical gremlins for me. Uh, Not even the flirting? No, I like the flirting. The cat was good. Of course, I like the cat. Yeah. Why wouldn't I like the cat? Uh, yeah. Uh, I had a goose moment yesterday. I'm, I'm going to remember when you say that quote for for when you watch Cats. Yeah. That's off. <laughs> I uh, no, Ben Mendelsohn was good. I actually kind of like yes. Twist as well. Uh, I, I liked her Indiana Jones moment. I won't say anything else, so just in case I spoil anything, but I'll just say that. Uh, which I saw coming for the record. I will say, I'm not, that's not a complaint, but like right before it, I was like, she's about to do this thing, and then she did that thing, and it was yeah. it was satisfying. I hate watching movies with people like you. What? <laughs> I don't say it to anyone. It's it's all internal. <laughs> okay. <sighs> Bloody hell. Is now. How's he gonna? What's that, Matt? What's that, Matt? I gotta see what your nine is now. <laughs> my, my, my nine is is a good movie, and and uh, I think that will be the, the implication. Anyone on this list? The implications <laughs> of what he just said there. My number nine's a good movie. Yeah. No, no, I say that because this might show up on everyone's list. I and I suspect I have it the lowest out of all of us here. Uh, but this is mm. 1970. So that, yeah, I think more universally regarded as okay. This was a great movie from this year, as it's, opposed to I mean, it was okay. It uh, was a it was a technical uh, marvel, right? Like I give Sam Mendes all the credit. I could not connect to the story. Like it felt like a series of vignettes. Um, and but it's still fun to watch. It was still harrowing and and haunting at parts, but but yeah, I would say I I didn't necessarily know that I'd connected 
with yeah. it until it got towards the end and there's the, the the bit with the song and i was like oh okay mm-hmm. no this worked like, i was yeah. like oh the, the movie succeeded <laughs> yeah. that was kind of the moment where i realized it wasn't just the the technical showcase which mm-hmm. i mean in its own right was phenomenal um yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the the way it looked the the, the tension yeah. Yeah. It it earned all the awards that it, it got, and I'll have no. But just from from people that, that were really really high on it, and are just like I went in maybe with my expectations a little too high, um, after hearing so many good things, and just you know it, the story's fine. I'll, I'll I'll take this to Dunkirk any day. <laughs> you know, I love Nolan. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. Um, but yeah. this at least had a little bit more warmth to it than. <laughs> Than the clock that was done. Uh, well, on that note, I will say is I, I did see yes. this in a in an IMAX cinema, yeah. and and I hope that I don't you know it, it doesn't lose any of its effect when I you know, rewatch it at home because uh, Dunkirk I, I tried to watch at home and completely just didn't work at all uh, without the the big screen experience. Um, or it didn't work so, at all. That's well, no. Okay. I mean, <laughs> there, there are people who said it worked well in the cinema, but I, I, I don't know. I, I, don't, I don't believe them. Uh, yeah. But I hope this one doesn't drop too far on a rewatch. Yeah, yeah. Would you like to add Earth and Tara to any of the statements that were made uh, in the last five minutes? I <laughs> <laughs> I suspect we'll be talking about this movie again. Yeah. I, well, I was more reading the Dunkirk <laughs> comments more than Earth. Than, uh... Oh, yeah. Dunkirk is Nolan's best movie. for the record i disagree for for the record i think dunkirk's nolan's worst movie but i knew that that was coming so i oh i i love dunkirk i think it's Uh, i I think it needs to be watched again (laughs) (laughs) this is my first time recording terror i'm going to refrain from doing what i would do to the other two guys Be on your best behavior. Yeah, so you, you would be on my have best to behavior. Pay me to watch that movie again. But I would say the best time I spent watching Dunkirk is when I had to get up to pee. So <laughs> there's a lot of water. So bad there is. And I'm sitting there, bouncing in my chair, going, "I'm, I'm going to make it through." No, I'm not. They're shooting into the water. Not helping. So uh, if Tom Hardy yeah. kept his Bane, Bane voice, of Nolan's films, yeah. If Tom Hardy kept his Bane voice, it would have been like five times better. Yeah. <laughs> it would have, yeah. I I love tasteful war films, and I I think that (laughs) Dunkirk is like right below masterpiece level of filmmaking. I really do. There's no Batman in it. I know it's very upsetting. Well, I think Inception might be. It's one and two. Although, no, Inception was high on my my list, but I put it over Dark Knight. I don't know. I do love Dark Knight, but no, I'm very excited for Tenet. If it yeah, comes up. you guys yeah. can have your ten <laughs> when we finally get to see it. Yeah. <sighs> <laughs> All right. Because you know, you, you know, Nolan's not going to really start on VOD. No, there's, no, there's way, no way. There's no way he's doing that. So, Might, no way. Do you think he'll push it to like next year? <laughs> he probably would. Yeah. He's 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 the type of guy that would push it for five years if it, if that's what it took I mean, to give it a theater release. He already put out a thing going. Please don't let this be the death of cinemas. Yeah. Uh, so. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, as soon as they open up, I'll be back. Yeah, maybe hey, all people will be back. Don't, don't take care of us. Hazmat suit. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, if they open them up, but you can only come with hazmat suit. I'll wear a hazmat suit to go see tonight. Yeah, you do. I'll you do not it. believe the amount of people I saw in hazmat suits last week at work. <laughs> <laughs> where you work? Yeah, where you work though, that makes sense. 
Yeah, but no, but these are just people coming through, coming oh, coming through the airport gotcha. in a hazmat, not not employees. Just <laughs> <passing> <laughs> <by>. <laughs> I I appreciate the initiative they've shown, quite frankly. Yes. Quite well, frankly, because you have to take them off to get through security. Yeah. Yeah, but you have to get... the whole purpose of a hazmat suit. Yeah, but you're limiting like how much exposure you're having on all the parts of the trip. So at least it's just the one. There's, there's one point where you may get infected but otherwise you're if you're going to get infected on a trip somewhere it's probably going to be on the airplane yeah probably Which i yeah. swung off airplanes for a good you know year at this point <laughs> uh. anyway all right my number nine carter had 1917 uh my number nine is uncut gems this is the oh. and you know what i don't think i've ever had an adam sandler movie be on a top 10 before this uh, is this is quite yeah, a but have you ever had a Softy Brothers movie? That, that's the more important. I don't know. What else have they done? Uh, they had Good Time um, with, with Robbie Patz. No, nah, I haven't seen that. Robbie Batts. Um, so. Nah, I nah, um, didn't see that. Uh, no. Uh, it's on uh, Amazon. Also. I'm going to try to give it a watch. Okay. Because um, okay. I didn't enjoy Uncut Gems, but it just missed. It's it's in my honorable mention section. I'll spoil that for the rest of my list. Um, but... Sandler is fantastic. So yeah, he's actually really good in this. It proves that he can actually go when he's, you know, motivated. Not, yeah, when he's motivated and he's being directed by someone who's actually a director and not just here. We're on holiday doing a comedy set in Italy because I wanted a vacation in Italy. Uh, yeah. so, I used to get mad about that, but if I was given the opportunity, I I, I don't think I would do anything different. Like. <laughs> I don't know if you should actually want to make good movies. I mean, that, you know, that's, that's supposed to be his passion. But anyway, uh, Uncut Gems is phenomenal at putting you in the, 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 the feeling of what the character's going through. And never quite, never were you quite, like, would make the same choices as him, but the movie constantly oh, no. feels like he's spinning, like, five plates at once, and he's trying not to let any of the plates fall. And you constantly feel uneasy that they're all kind of, like, barreling down on him, and eventually they're all going to smash, but you're just kind of waiting for it all movie. Uh, it's so meticulously directed, uh, and it feels so chaotic. Yeah. And the best intentional kind of way. like this. Like, what are you doing? Stop. Why would you do that? Don't do that. Yeah. Oh, so, no. I mean, the movie, yeah. the movie, I don't want to get into spoilers, but the, the movie, mm-hmm. like, there's several points where he'll make a decision and you, your heart sinks because you're like, no, you're yeah, making yeah, this yeah. worse. Stop it. Yeah. It's just this, you know, nosedive down this insanity that is very frustrating. But not, not in a way that's, like, surreal or that. No, I mean, he's, he's a man who's addicted to gambling. That, that's that's the core of what the movie is. It, but He's a man with many addictions. Yes. Uh, gambling being the worst. Um but yeah, and and that that dinner scene at the father-in-law's house, that one that one sticks with me because just it, mm. not that the movie grinds to a halt, but it stops and becomes almost a different movie. Like it starts to edge more towards the comedy aspect of it. Um, so I appreciate that that the softies can switch gears. But yeah, yeah, uh, no, it's it's wonderfully tense. Uh, I. Yeah, I, honestly, it was one of those things where I, I sat down and watched it. Really not, I, I'd heard some praise. I didn't really know what it was, though. I didn't know what the plot was. Didn't know what it was about, and I found myself just kind of like uneasy. Like by the time I got to the second half, uh, and it's yeah. not because because the characters in this movie are not likable. It's not a likable group of characters. Almost no one in this movie is remotely sympathetic, uh, in the traditional sense, at least. But. Yeah. So no, Uncut Gems is fantastic. Uh, so, mm-hmm. uh, Matt, what is your Number eight. All right, so this movie is a little bit lighter than Uncut Gems, 
and it's Toy Story 4. Um, Just a um, little bit. <laughs> yeah. That said, it not that it's dark, but it does get moody. It does go to some places that, I mean, Toy Story 3 gets super dark towards the end. Nothing is that dark, but there, this movie does ponder what it is, what life is, and what does it mean, you know, to have a purpose and a meaning. Uh, and I like not that I wasn't expecting it because it's Pixar and to me they're the gold standard of, of animation right now. Um, but I wasn't expecting a movie that I thought the trilogy wrapped up perfectly in three. So I thought this is just extra. Um, but for this to add that last tag of the epilogue on what a toy's purpose is, I think it really stuck the landing. Um, I mean, the, the villain's a little bit weaker, but I feel like this isn't a movie that you didn't even need the villain. You didn't even need the the, the talking kind of doll. Um, because of, of what Woody's journey is at this point and the other toys, uh, and then Forky, like there's Forky's a gift. I, mm, <laughs> you know, uh, but, but yeah. Um, and it felt good that Pixar was on, on the up again. Like we've had Coco Incredibles two, this. So it felt like they were going on a hot streak again after disappointing me for a little bit in between there with a lot of the sequels and, that this is one that I hope this is their last sequel for for a while because they handled everything so fantastically. That's not a word. Fantastically. Yeah. It can be a word if you want to be a word, man. I mean, yeah, sure. Prey decided it was a word. It was, and that's, yeah, you know. Yeah, Toy Story 4 really had like a, it was kind of a tough pill to swallow when we heard it announced just because the trilogy was so perfect and the ending was so wonderful that it, mm-hmm. it really had to prove itself as to why it's going to exist. I think that's good. And I think Forky is enough for yeah. me. <laughs> it's, uh, you know, Matt mentioned there, you know, the, the movie is about you know, the, the purpose of the toy, you know, the, this existential crisis. Mm-hmm. And that kind of sums up the film as a whole idea. It's yeah, like, right. Why does this film exist? And then it's like, oh no, because it has something to say still, even if you thought yeah. it was done. Yeah, and it and it makes Toy Story that crown jewel for Pixar. That now, if they just want to do shorts or whatever, I mean, Disney Plus has been having the Forky shorts that are pretty good, where he's learning about what life is, like a toddler. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, there's a whole one on what is money and what are pets, and it usually is never actually about what that is. Um, so this is how these characters are going to go forward. I think that's, you know, uh, that's a smart move is that we can have this nice cap of the story, but because of how we know franchises can carry on, you know, this allows that too, by introducing a character like Forky, who's so innocent at everything. But yeah, Toy Story 4, really, really enjoyed. Okay. Uh, Tara, what was your number eight? My number eight is Us the Jordan Peele's second film, um, second horror film. I I guess it's mostly horror. There are parts of it that feel a lot more like a Twilight Zone, almost science fiction-y element to it. But it's it, I, I'm just so grateful that we have gone past what horror films were for a while, which is just like this torture porn era. And now we're getting some real voices and movies that should exist because they have a lot to say. And even though this one is not as like social commentary as like Get Out was, which really, you know, put his name on everybody's short list of directors to watch. Uh, there is still some social commentary in here. And it is, uh, um, I think it's really successful at just the the horror side of it and the social commentary side of it. Um, 
really great performances from Lupita Nyong'o, especially. She really had to do a lot. Um, yeah, another movie that stuck with me. Yeah, I was just pretty good. I didn't like it as much as Get Out, but uh, and there was definitely some like. I think I'll like it more when I watch it a second time because I feel like the first time, the the, the two things that bugged me were one like like the setup in the opening scene made me feel like it like it was going one direction the entire time and it played like it was a twist at the end and it kind of annoyed me, and then the other thing was that there was like some weird logical things to the the premise that's like kind of fall apart if you think about them for more than a second. Right, and that's I mean we've been watching the Twilight Zone mm. show from. And this is clearly inspired by that. He even said directly, it's inspired from a specific episode that we watched. Mm -hmm. And Twilight Zone also has like lots of leaps in logic where you just kind of have to, you know, look past that in order to enjoy the story that it's telling. And I think this, you know, has that too. And yeah, maybe to its fault, but it's still an impressive film. It's still a great time at the theater. Um, Surprisingly funny at parts too. And I think uh, it just keeps Jordan Peele like his name up there as like he's not a one trick pony you know he's got he's got more to say he's got more movies to write and I'm excited for what he does next yeah well I think that's what I was getting at is that I think but knowing this stuff before I watch it now I think I'll like it won't bother me that much this time because I'll just know that going in and I can just yeah enjoy the parts that are good because it is very I love how it just starts with this operatic music on a bunny and you're like, why is there a, a wall full of bunnies? And you're like, was this like this wasn't in the trailer? <laughs> the bunnies got to do it. Yeah, you kind of um, forget about them for a while too. <laughs> yeah, there, a lot of it didn't work for me, but it sticks with you. There's parts the 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 escalator shot in particular is is stuck in my mm-hmm. brain. Um, I also thought Winston Duke, who I'm a big fan of, I thought he was really good. He was in, yeah in, yeah in in both the roles uh, as the doppelganger and as as the dad. Um, the, the, yeah, uh, no, I think my favorite was probably the doppel daughter. There's something really menacing about her. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I I argued with our friend Alden about this movie all last spring, whenever this came out, uh, about it, and the just the stuff that didn't work for me are the more amorphous. Like, I kind of want to know what Jordan Peele's trying to say instead of him going, "Well, what do you think I'm trying to say?" And I feel that's a lot of us. Is him going well? What, what, do you, what do you think here? Like, I, I think you have a lot of good ideas. <laughs> I think you need to pick one. <laughs> <laughs> so, but yeah, curiously, which which Twilight Zone uh, episode this this? The mirror uh, something, right? The mirror. Yeah, something mirror. Yeah. Uh, mirror, mirror image or something. I'll look it up. Is that off the newer one or is that a classic one? No, I said oh, no, no, that's season one of the original series. Okay, gotcha, yeah. gotcha. I can't imagine they'd recommend anything from the newer one. No, well, he no. did. Uh, I yeah. think maybe because he was producing, he he read something, went, "Oh, I can make a movie." That that's what I was. That's what I got curious about. Oh no, well, no no no! He stole all the good ideas for his own movie and then let the show die. <laughs> <laughs> the, the new season is not uh, something I'd recommend yeah. uh, for sure. Uh, Connor, what is your number eight? Uh, my number eight is Little Women, which surprised me going in because it's not. Mm-hmm. Soft film I usually, you know, get into. Do you know, big it's scary not Shakespeare drama. enough? <laughs> I said I, mean, I I never, you know, watched any of the previous adaptations, never read the book. I'm you know, familiar with the, the general premise. But it wasn't you know, something that that always grabbed me. Uh, mm-hmm. a lot of those, you know, classics in the, the, the novels yeah. of that sort of time period are not really my thing. Um 
but I got dragged along to the cinema to it and uh, quite enjoyed it. Uh, it surprised me. I thought it was uh, it was really effective the way it. Uh, there were some people who were like, oh, I couldn't really follow, you know, what was happening because it's jumping around in time. But there are some really smart uh, touches with the color palette that make it, uh, if you're paying attention, really clear uh, what's happening when. And of course, there's mm-hmm. a bit, you know, partway through the film where one of the characters cuts a hair, and that's a, a big moment uh, dramatically. But uh, in terms of yeah, you know, if if you weren't getting when things were taking place, this is a nice easy signifier for you, mm. uh, which I think some people needed for some reason. But um, no, it's a it's a it's a really strong movie. The 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 dialogue is so so smart. Uh, it is shot expertly, and you know it's because a lot of it is okay. These are you know a handful of people talking back and forth, but it never feels boring it's always moving it's always uh, you know bouncing around and cutting to various things in a very dynamic way uh in a way that i don't usually see in this kind of movie uh, yeah but yeah no it was it surprised me it really caught me off guard with uh with uh how much it hit and uh, how much it landed especially towards the end okay. yeah i've been really tempted to see that i, I almost went to see it like four times when it was <laughs> that, that surprises me yeah <laughs> Pete's not a period piece guy. No, I don't like period pieces, but everyone was saying it was so good. And every time I almost went, I looked at it and went, this is a period piece, and I, I don't like this period. And then... Yeah, I, I, I am a sucker for, for period piece films, and I did really like Little Woman, but I've also read the book and seen like every adaptation of it, and it is, it is different enough in the direction and the way it plays with time and what it chooses to emphasize in the story that justifies why it exists over the other versions of the film, which are also really good. But it, it didn't make my list um, just because I I did find myself going, I don't know if I like this version as much as I like the other ones. That's the problem, um, just re- remakes in general, is you find yourself going, but I like the old version, and this is just, it was fine, yeah. but it feels redundant. Yeah, I mean, uh, this is yeah, like but... the sixth or seventh version of it as yeah. well. So, I mean, I, like I said, I'd never seen any of the others, so I didn't have yeah, but. I, I want to hear what Greta Gerwig has to say about it because I feel that she's she's earned that from me to want to check out after her last one and, and the stuff that she has been doing. Mm. So, yeah. That's why I wanted to see this. I just, you know, it was one of those ones that I couldn't talk Ashley into it. Even she didn't want to really see it. And I was like, <laughs> well, I'm not going by myself to see Little Women. Yeah, um, if it's if it's a period piece and Kira Knightley's in it, I'm definitely there opening night. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a sucker for those. Yeah. Did you watch the one of those that was? What was the recent one that she did? Uh, mm. Early, early last year, maybe, maybe late the year before. Actually, I don't think I saw anything with Kieran Knightley last year. No, I'm sure there was one. Not, not that long ago. Pride was, and Prejudice uh, and Cthulhu was that one? <laughs> I was Pride and Prejudice and Zombies. I know, Matt, I, 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 was, I was, I was an intentional joke. It was, it was, it was, it was, it was a thing. I was going yeah. for. It. But I just want to say that I enjoyed that movie. I ha- I do like Pride and Prejudice. Colette, that's Kira the Knightley. one I was thinking of. <laughs> yeah. No, no, I know which one that is, though. I I yeah. didn't see it. I don't even know that she was actually in a Pride and Prejudice, but it also does not surprise me in the least that she's she, in a Pride and Prejudice. Of course she was in one. Of course she was, yeah. yeah. Oh, dear. All right. Connor, uh, what's your number eight? We, we just did that. That was a little Oh, that was yours. Yeah. Okay. I'm it's, sorry. It's you now, bud. That's me. <laughs> uh, okay, my number eight. Oh, good. All right. Uh, is The Farewell. This is a movie that uh, I, I'd heard good things about, and I kind of put it off till a bit later, and then we watched it, we did a review on it, and 
was very impressed with this because it's basically just a straight drama. It's a straight drama based on a true story of this this uh, elderly Chinese woman who gets cancer and it's this terminal. But the you know tradition, at least in that part of the country, is to not tell the person they're dying. Is to as best you can for as long as you can pretend that everything's okay. So what they do is is that like her grandson or grandnephew or whoever uh, and his girlfriend are essentially forced by the rest of the family to have a wedding as an excuse for all the family who are spread out all over the planet to come fly home and see her before she dies. Uh, so it's this thing where Aquafina plays plays the obviously the woman living in America and she goes over and she, like everyone didn't want her to come because they didn't think she, a she would respect the tradition and she wouldn't be able to hold her her poker face and not be like emotional and and so on. Uh, I think what I love about this movie, apart from the fact that it's just really well you know performed and all all the rest of it, is just how unique the drama is because it's about someone who's dying who doesn't know they're dying and all the characters around them can't tell them they're dying. But it's not a mean thing. It's done because every time Aquafina tries to argue against it, it's like yes, but she would just be worried about the fact that she's dying. She gets to enjoy her last however many you know months or whatever that she has left. Uh, it's incredibly sweet. Uh, it's got some surprises in it, and uh, yeah, and it was, it was very much one of those things where it's like okay, this is something that we would not see as acceptable or even legal in our culture, but uh, is is but you can see merit in it, and because of that, it, it kind of gets its point across. It's, but it's, it's a really interesting film. Uh, I would mm-hmm. recommend it, and I know Connor's seen it because he yeah, did. Yeah, it was review. really good. Uh, you know, obviously, <laughs> one of full thoughts. We, me and Pete, did do a review. Yes. Uh, it didn't quite make my list, but it is you know not too far underneath. Uh, it is really interesting the way because obviously it is half in English. Well, I say half. Part of it's are in English. Parts are in. Uh, Mandarin, I think we established yeah, it was. I, I would say probably it's more like seventy percent Mandarin. I'd say. Yeah, like it, it probably is, but it uses that language barrier in such a unique and effective way. Oh yeah, that I don't a, think we see very often. There's a couple of great scenes where she'll switch to English because her her dying grandmother can't speak English, and she'll have like conversations in front of her, and it, it it's really yeah. well done. It's really well done. And there's a, there's at least one point where it doesn't give you the subtitles. Um, like like it does for the rest of the film, it, it doesn't give you them so that you feel really confused and what you know and wondering what's going on. So you know, puts you in the same place as some of these characters. It's it's pretty inventive with its uh, use of the language. Yeah, that's nah, really good stuff. All right, Matt, what's your number seven? So my number seven is Jojo Rabbit. Taika Waititi. I am a sucker for for his films at this point. And from the first time I saw the trailer with him dressed as Hitler, I went, "What is this?" Uh, and then when I finally got to see it, I was like, oh, this is a nice coming-of-age satire. Full disclosure, see earlier on, I don't know what, what movie yeah. it was, but someone brought up Steve Merchant and something. Yep. And I started giggling. I started giggling because yeah. all I could think about was the Heil Hitler scene. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. When Matt mentioned, oh yeah, every time Stephen Murder just pops into a scene, it's hilarious. I was like, is he actually just thinking about Jojo Rabbit? Yeah, no, it's yeah. Connor, watch Good Boys with his scene, and you'll you'll yeah. It's Stephen okay. Merchant just a. He's like, it's also fighting with my family, which isn't on my list, but his scene in there is pretty funny too. That's pretty um, good, yeah. yeah. Right? Uh, and that's his movie. So, and that's anyway, a Florence yeah. Pugh movie without Emma Watson dragging it down. So, it's a oh, win-win. how dare you. That is unacceptable. <laughs> but it doesn't have Saoirse Ronan, though, so no. it loses. True. Has Nick Frost, though? Yeah. I mean, that's pretty good, but Laura Dern. She, he's got you there. The Rock! Damn it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I want to count the rock with Bob Odenkirk. <laughs> no, you can't, though. Hmm. 
<laughs> Anyways, Jojo Rabbit. It ended up being this really sweet and uh, coming-of-age movie with, you know, set with the backdrop of, of the Holocaust. And it, it does get dark, and it got misty in the theater as I'm watching it when certain things happen. Um, just the, the performances that Taika gets out of the kids. Mm-hmm. Like his friend Georgie. I don't know if I've ever seen a kid with comedic timing. Oh my god! Like Yorkie, yeah, is so good. There's a moment in the movie <laughs> where, like, basically Jojo implies he's got a girlfriend, and the way that Yorkie goes, "Oh, that's nice, you got a girlfriend." It just it's it's like someone's gran being like, "Oh, you got a girlfriend." That's <laughs> the really whole, nice. The whole movie is him oh, basically you. a fifty-year-old man. <laughs> yeah. like, like ten-year-old body. It's fantastic. Um, oh yeah, he's so likable. And I don't yeah. typically like Rebel Wilson that much but she's even got oh a line oh my gosh she's so funny the first like there's, there's a scene early on I won't spoil what the line is but there's a scene early on where it's like all the kids at youth camp and yep. and she basically describes how it's how it is to be a woman in Nazi Germany and she says that it's a good thing of course but everything she says it's a great time yeah. to be I'm like what yeah, yeah. And it, it just I don't know it was cracking me up it was cracking me but up. yeah it, it's weirdly how much fun someone could have on a otherwise dreary holocaust movie but like Sam Rockwell and Scarlett Johansson, uh, they they both stand out as well. And then Taika as Hitler, him him yelling at Jojo over certain things and just being completely over the top. And for me, this is how satire is supposed to work, um, where it is completely lampooning an otherwise mm-hmm. serious topic. And it does get serious at times. I mean, uh, but like, there's a scene where where where. <laughs> Taika's Hitler jumps out the window like George Reeves' Superman. Right? Yes, that's, that's and the it's thing completely that ridiculous. And I was like, "What did I just see?" And it just and moved it straight on, like nothing yeah. happened. Yeah, nothing that, happened at all. This was another one that me and Connor reviewed, and I actually mm-hmm. think we had a good discussion on this one, talking about yeah. uh, the, the themes of like uh, propaganda and how it affects the the, the impressionable. I suppose mm-hmm. you'd say. Yeah, because uh, all, all you know, to Jojo, Hitler is his best friend. And that's mm-hmm. why Taika is, is in that form and, and whatnot. And so, yeah, it, it hits on propaganda and hits on doing the right thing. And what does that mean overall? And, yeah, just – and, again, Sam Rockwell, he's another one that I think is one of my favorites. His his entire performance in this. Flamboyant, I would call it. Yes. That's when he gets that cape. Yeah. <laughs> so, but, yeah. And so that's, yeah, number seven is Jojo Rabbit. All right. Tara, what's your number seven? My number seven is a movie I suspect will be on everyone's list. It's Parasite. Ooh. Yeah. Uh, yeah, not my favorite movie of the year, but obviously very good. Um, very unique style. Um, this It's a director who... <clears throat> I, I don't I don't like Snowpiercer. <laughs> Big okay. sci-fi fan. I didn't like Snowpiercer. It no, wasn't for me. It dragged out. The ending was just like, come on already. And but, I've, been, I've been on record. This, this director for me is completely 50-50. I, I, I think three of his films are kind of dull and overrated and the other three are great. Yeah, this is one of the great ones. Um, it was uh, like really fun to watch. Very funny. Um, I I love the, the the look of the movie. It was very beautiful. Um I've I've been fortunate enough to travel to South Korea and some of those early scenes where like they're just out in the streets like eating in um, I don't know maybe kind of like remember why it is a really great country to to be in sometimes and I uh, 
uh, yeah, I like getting more unique storytellers and why not? Um, yeah, it's good. To be fair, you like Tokyo though, right? I never saw it. You never saw Ospreys? Show fantastic. That's like the one that most people saw because hey, well, it's just I, on Netflix. I don't normally yeah. have. Yeah, I don't usually have I, Netflix. I yeah. have it right now. I wasn't that keen on Okja, but uh, mm-hmm. Memories of Murder, Mother, and Parasite. I'll vouch for those three. Mm-hmm. I think uh, I think everyone has Netflix right now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Nothing else to do. Am I, I using it? My Not sister really. gave it to me, so yeah. um, I have this problem where every time I get Netflix, I just end up watching Arrested Development over and over again. <laughs> fair, fair enough. <laughs> it's very easy to do. I get it. Yeah. I do that with the thick of it, just on repeat. Yeah. Yeah, and I and I miss all the things that I'm supposed to watch on Netflix. Mm-hmm. Uh, I miss the days of being able to go into a video store and walk around where you felt like you had to find something. Mm-hmm. Now I just scroll on Netflix for 45 minutes. I'm like, I have, I have no oh, idea what I'm watching yeah. anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm just going to go watch something stupid on YouTube now. Right, like, yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> or Mighty Ducks 2 again like I did yesterday. Ducks <laughs> fight together, Matt. The, the, when the roosters are crowed and the cows are spinning in circles of the pastures. Ducks fly together. <laughs> so yeah, no uh, more on Parasite later. I don't want to. <laughs> sure, sure yeah, yeah. Um, there's my very brief thoughts about Parasite. Yeah. <laughs> yeah okay, uh, Carter, what's your number seven? Uh, my number seven is Weathering with You. Uh, this is an anime film, so oh my out. god! Uh, this is oh. the next film from the director of Your Name, which was uh, very quickly acclaimed uh, for good reason because it's fantastic. Um, this is a gorgeous movie the animation is phenomenal i i cannot recommend just how good this looks um but what it's about is a, a you know a boy runs away from home he moves to the city and the weather is atrocious it's it's a whole thing like right now in the world uh it's just raining constantly and it's just so bad but there he runs into this this girl the, the, who who has the power to make the rain stop in a certain area she can make the sun the sun come out and you know they they kind of he he's like hey we can we can sell this as a thing like people who have their outdoor events and they they're, they're all having to kind of cancel it and, and it's all ruining them we can we can sell this and you know you, we can make money off of you bringing out the sunshine um but of course there is a cost and and that comes in and the, the over that relationship develops over the movie uh, and it is a a beautiful movie with some fantastic music and animation um it's uh it's really uh, heart-wrenching as well towards the end. Uh, I will say, um, Matt mentioned earlier, I think we were talking about Dunkirk, about having mm-hmm. need to go to the toilet uh, uh, during that because of all the mm-hmm. water. This, uh, this movie, I'd, I'd been out to dinner before watching this, and it was a place with uh, unlimited refills on the on, uh, oh, Cokes. So I had no. like six Cokes at dinner and then went straight to this, <laughs> and the Carter? movie is raining the entire time. Yeah. I was like, this was a mistake. The same uh, thing happened to me at U571, a submarine movie <laughs> that's always leaking. <laughs> Yeah, uh, but no, I I love this movie. It's not quite as good as Your Name, but Your Name is like perfect. So yeah, still, still really really good. I'm so happy that I get to follow up that with my number seven. Okay, because definitely a superior movie to what Connor was just going on about. Oh, hang on. We will leave the audience to judge that, unless it's one that is also higher on my list. In case I'll <laughs> oh, I've got, I've got a sneak of suspicion this isn't on your list. My number seven is Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Oh. Oof. This 
This one was um, divisive in my house. And <laughs> what led to Rocket Man going at number ten? Because uh, the the UG let out by my wife when I go, should I put once a, a ten? Like I enjoyed most of it, and she goes, no, there's way too many gross feet in that movie. <laughs> so that's the problem with that movie. That that's that was her her maid. That's so when the first thing that comes to mind in, in her mind is not Brad Pitt or Leo. It's all the nasty feet. Yeah. There's a lot of noticeable feet. Yes. Yeah. I'll give you that. Um, that. That said, I have had a lot of fun. So, so Pete, you know. Yeah, I... I this is a movie that like is full of those quirky little fun moments right i'll just say flamethrower i won't spoil anything else but yeah, it's flamethrower, yeah. right uh, uh, <laughs> but I, I think what's what's so weird about this movie is that it is very lackadaisical in terms of plot there's not a lot of it for a lot of the movie and, and it's it, three hours long and it's not until that it's final movie. 30 minutes where you kind of like get the point of what he's doing like okay this is the point tarantino's yeah. making yeah. no but, not that it was something dumber <laughs> no i mean it, it actually makes sense when you think about what the title of the movie is like it literally is yeah. that <laughs> like, it, so the my biggest takeaway on this was it was a, a story of of a generation coming to pass for the next for the upcoming one and i feel like at his age tarantino has a lot to say and think about and how if you know things things go a little bit different what does that mean? Yeah, you know, I mean, like a butterfly effect, kind of. It's it's kind of much like the end of Inglorious Bastards. It's kind of a fantasy mm-hmm. about yep. like how things could have went better. Because obviously, th- th- that time period in Hollywood yep. came to an abrupt end because of this very violent thing that happened. Um, right. And I love that I was watching Main Hunter season two right before this came out because oh. I felt I felt prepped on all the details. Yeah. I need to, I need to start watching that because that dude as as manson and he's the same guy right yeah and he gets way more screen yeah. time in main hunter which is yeah, funny yeah, yeah. yeah. just well, so wait, the I... same guy who plays manson in once upon a time played him in mind hunter yep yeah same actor same actor oh, wow. and and so going into this uh, i seen mind hunter but yeah. i'd listened to a podcast that covered all of this every little thing uh it's um you must remember this their series on, on manson yeah. yeah and so seeing all of the stuff that i was familiar with and like how intricate and so when he shows up and he's just kind of staring into the window i got legit chills right uh and i don't know if that worked on everybody else but um he's a creepy yeah. looking dude no, i mean all all of it really works but you get to by the time you get to the end of the movie because mm-hmm. all of it's about showing what the world was like what this these people their lives were like in hollywood mm-hmm. at that time and how mm-hmm maybe it doesn't have to come to a violent end. The whole idea of Leo being this actor who's struggling yeah. to stay relevant and he's getting mad at himself because he can't remember lines. He and hates hippies. Yeah, and it's like, no, you can move on. You you can do different things. Uh, the, the, you know, there, 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 there can be a nice gradual merging where the old generation and the new generation coexist. Uh, but it, obviously this is kind of a rewriting of history where, no, it came to a violent sudden end and the new wave just had to kind of take over completely. Uh, yep. so um, it, it's kind of it's, it's, it's obviously his love of cinema his love of cinema history but it's also him getting to well, at least what he claims to be the end of his career so he's, he's in a very kind of like uh, nostalgic melancholy mood where he's kind of looking back and things and hoping that he can transition much smoother and it won't have the same dark violent end uh, these, yeah. these violent delights have violent ends oh, sorry Westworld's on the brain <laughs> yeah. uh, the, the scene out at the at the ranch I was on the edge of my seat 
Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. it's so well-directed. Like, for as much flack that Tarantino gets, and it's all always verbose, and you know, it's all style over substance, that scene is super well-directed. It's funny, and, I was listening to him talk about, like, how he chose to... He was inspired by Apocalypse Now for that scene, because um, Coppola would always have helicopters in every shot, like, in the background flying around, which was, you know, very expensive. And his version of the helicopter in that scene in, in Spawn Ranch was just always having a dog mm-hmm. wander around. So every scene that you watch, <laughs> there's just a dog running around in the background. Hey, dogs are much cheaper than most cheaper than helicopters. Just yes. much cheaper. Yeah. 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 Um, but yeah, no, Brad Pitt also fantastic in that. Um, his his character. Yeah. I mean, Plus, I, I suppose right? there's a lot of bit characters and bit actors. You get Margaret Qualley's in, in there. There's uh, so many doctors of famous people in this, too. Mm-hmm. I assume intentionally. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. no. Uh, Margaret Qualley is, uh, what's her name? Um, from, from Groundhog Day. No. Uh-uh. No one knows. <laughs> well, Andy McDowell? So, yeah, Andy McDowell's daughter. Okay. Really? Uh, rebel or not rebel um the bruce willis's daughter yeah yeah kevin smith's daughter yeah obviously ethan hawking who my thurman's daughter from stranger things is in there Uh yeah yeah Yeah. which by the way kill bill three with i mean the daughter's all grown up she's perfect for the role tarantino do it (laughs) no i want a tarantino star trek movie don't take this it was funny seeing seeing her here and then on on stranger things as robin it was a it was a big snap back and <laughs> forth you know so yeah she was great in that uh, season as well yeah, she was so but no this <sighs> just nearly missed because again it's it is very divisive and the parts of it i really like but there's other parts where it just keeps going um and if however if netflix does put out like tarantino's been hinting at like doing this in a uh, a miniseries style like it's four episodes yeah with an extra hour for each <laughs> just throw yeah. it in there yeah i'll, I'll watch that <laughs> then i can all those like western tv shows yeah and that, no that's that, 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 no, that's gonna be a, that, that's gonna be a tv show though he wants to do a five episode yeah. tv show there's just episodes of that show yeah, yeah. i'll watch it yeah so but yeah just narrowly so i'm glad pete had on there i was i knew connor wasn't going to because i know how much he hated it uh, uh, but, would you like to know where it is on my list uh 75 unwatched <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 I, I watched it. I got through it. Okay. it was, uh, I, I, I didn't want to, but I, I you know, me and uh, me and Paige, we watch all the films for the, the you know, the, from the Oscars. Mm-hmm. We kind of, you know, make a whole thing of trying to watch all of them. Yeah, I like uh, that. Out of the eighty films that I watched from twenty nineteen, it is placed at seventy seven. Mm. <laughs> I despise that movie. It was yeah, okay. uh, and Joe, it, it, it was bad, and then I hated it more for how much it wasted my time because of just how long it was. Let's <laughs> see. Uh, you sound like my mother-in-law because she said the same thing. <laughs> she didn't enjoy it, and then it was too long. And her favorite movie's Gone with the Wind, so she really has no room. I think my mom's to be favorite about movie. Thing, though, when, when you're when you're not enjoying something and you're yeah. despising it already, and you're ready for it to end, you know, yeah. a normal movie length, you know, hour and a half, two hours, yeah. and then there's still another hour, it just starts to annoy you. So mm-hmm. I know you don't like Tarantino, Connor, but what if you had to pick? What's your favorite Tarantino? If movie? I had to pick, it would be Inglorious Bastards. Okay. That's the one I hate the least. Okay. <laughs> That's my favorite Tarantino movie, so we line up. It's weird. <laughs> All right. Uh, Matt, what was your number six? So my number six is is Knives Out by Ryan Johnson. Um, went into this wanting it to be an Agatha Christie murder mystery. 
in the way that Brick is a, uh, you know, Sam uh, Spade style uh, detective. And it's exactly what Ryan Johnson did with adding some very uh, well-placed social commentary. Uh, it's got the all-star cast, you know, Jamie Lee Curtis, Chris Evans, uh, Anna de Armas, Daniel Craig doing his his wackiest yet on point uh, accent. It's and terrible, I just, but I love it. Yeah, yeah right. Yeah, it's like, a bad accent. You know, it's, um, not, <laughs> it's not a good accent, but the way that like he commits to self. it. Yeah, you're like, all right, I respect this out of out of Daniel Craig, <laughs> right? Like he's full going. Plus, Lakeith Stanfield just showing up in everything this year. I forgot to mention that in, in Uncut Gems. Mm. Every time I turned around, he was showing up in a movie. So, like, good for him for getting in there, you know? Um, But, yeah, I really enjoyed this, the way that it unfolds. And just it is one of these murder mysteries, you know, like Murder on the Orient Express. But I feel like whereas whereas that with Branagh was just like this is, you know, we've seen all this before. Johnson just brought this little flair to it, whether it was the way that it was shot or the performances um, and I, he's another one that I feel is kind of divisive, uh, but I, I genuinely like Ryan Johnson movies. Um, I, this was no different. I will give this credit. I was surprised by this movie. I have not liked any Ryan Johnson movie before this one, and I actually quite liked it. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, and if he chooses to do more with with bringing on, you know, the Daniel Craig character, I'm there for that because um, I did enjoy like every time he's on screen. You know, and I'm not reminded ever that he's Bond either. You know, and like he's just he's the detective, uh, Benoit Blanc, which is another that's a great name, right? <laughs> uh, so, you know, just knives out the the story, the 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 class struggle. Um, that seemed to be a theme uh, over the course of 2019 um, mm-hmm. with with some other films. Yeah, it was a lot. I mean, yeah. that that was Ozzy's thing. Oz had the, the whole mm-hmm. class thing. Obviously, Paris has yeah. got the class thing. Like, yeah. class was a big theme this this year for movies. Yep. Uh, so, no, no. Uh, cool. Uh, Tara, what was your number six? Avengers: Infinity War. Uh, Just the maybe they got a year off there. Oh. Yeah. Well, what? Endgame. She <laughs> likes it that much. Can't remember which one. I was gonna say, you get the time. They're the same. They're the same. You know, they're they're just. They are part it's, it's part are the two. Same. Infinity War Part Two. Yes. <laughs> which is what the original title was, I believe. And they, that's uh, true. It was called that yeah. at one point. <laughs> Thanks, guys. <laughs> I got your back. Yeah. So Avengers Endgame is uh, my number six. Just a uh, an emotional. Um, and to some characters and uh, uh i don't know just like the it was that and one other film were probably like the big event films of the year and like i, I know i brought this up when i we talked about yeah, it pokemon on the list detective pikachu that but, was the other one right <laughs> yeah big one um but like this is the decade that will be remembered for these Marvel films, I think that's what people will remember from this time, and uh, this is the culmination of all that. And uh, really, just impressed by how they're able to wrap up some storylines and in a satisfying way, an emotional way, and you know, make me excited for movies to come with newer characters. And you know, it's it's um, the season finale of a show that I've been invested in for a while, and I, I really thought they nailed it. And, 
I love the film. I love the experience. I saw it multiple times in the theater. Great time. Great movie. Still hits hard. Man, mm-hmm. that Portal song comes up on the shuffle. Oh, <laughs> yeah. That song is great. <laughs> I can't help it. Oh, get goosebumps. So, so good. Maybe more on this later. <laughs> no, it gets pretty good. Uh, I, I mean, I, I was kind of, I had like a year or two where I was really doing the Marvel movies and then Infinity yeah. War kind of brought me back to the point where I was excited about the main story again. Yeah. And then Endgame did, you know, I mean, there's some simplistic elements to Endgame, but ultimately everything that they were juggling for the last 10 years, like, it, you know, it could have been much better. So it, it gave me Hulk hate stairs, which I yell yeah. every time I come up my stairs. I, but I mean, oh. the, the entire last like fifty minutes, the, the you know the whole fight at yeah. the end, like most of that's pretty, you know. It, I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I will say that it does look a little bit shoddy visual effects wise. That's clearly not where the money went. But yeah, uh, all the events were so were, were great. Ninety eight percent visual effects, <laughs> which is why it looks a bit rough. It's, it's, it's basically maybe... Avatar. Yeah. But that doesn't look as good as Avatar. though, is the problem. <laughs> It made me hate the the Warner Brothers superhero movies in retrospect a little bit, just because. Well, no, Matt, don't, me... Matt, don't pretend what? that you didn't already hate some of those movies. But more, it okay, made me just clarify more angry because it's making me care about these characters that, like, look, I do care about the Marvel or the cinematic versions a lot, right? But like, not as much as Superman or even Batman yet. But Captain Marvel's coming in, getting a great moment that would have been, you know, perfect for Superman and Justice League. Joe, Joe, no, Joe, Joe, Captain Marvel gets the Chuck Norris entrance from Expendables too. Yeah. That's what she yeah. gets. Exactly. So, again, more on this later. I don't want to talk too much of it. All right, Carter, what's your number six? Probably not Endgame, I imagine. It's, no. uh, it's, it's absolutely not Endgame, I'll tell you that. Uh, not on my list. Uh, no, um, I as I was making my list, because... To be honest, most of my list was compiled by the end of January. I watched a lot of films in January. Mm-hmm. Um, and I noticed that I always end up having like a, a traditional coming-of-age film on this list. Like every mm-hmm. year for like the last five years, it's just kind of one has found their way in. And um, Matt mentioned one earlier, and he said it was like a, it, it was like super bad, but for, for preteens. Mm-hmm. This is super bad, but with girls. This is yeah. book smart. And it is delightful. It is weird. Uh, there is a very surrealist sequence when they are uh, high that I absolutely love. Uh, it's, of course, very, very funny. Why does um, your hair smell like vitamins? <laughs> the movie, though, is stolen by Billy Lord. Yeah. Every time she comes on screen, it's just captivating. Like, it's so next-level funny. Like, the, the first time, it's like, okay, whatever, she's there. And it's cool, I like seeing her. And she's funny enough. And then every time it gets funnier and funnier and funnier. And I just I just want a supercut of, of those scenes as it get progressed throughout the movie of her just showing up everywhere and just absolutely stealing the scene every time. Um, but no, I love this movie. It was it was hilarious. It, you know, it had a lot of heart to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and like I say, it, it does feel like the, the this uh, you know this generation's super bad essentially. Well, and, and it doesn't help that that's uh, Jonah Hill's younger sister that, that in kind of the Jonah Hill her. role, right? Uh, yeah. It came down to this or, or Good Boys, and I eventually went with Good Boys because Good Boys did make me laugh more. But this is, I think, just as equal in my well, eyes. I haven't seen Good Boys yet, so yes. may- maybe that that would have. Yeah, you know, but I'm just saying it's. But... Yeah, um, but no, I, I did enjoy this one too. Um, Olivia Wilde directing—that's something I can definitely get behind more. 
Yeah, um, yeah. Did a great job. Mm-hmm. I didn't like it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to yuck anyone's yum. I was so civil on that last movie. <laughs> not, not a word. You can say if you don't like something. That's fine. Connor, we got Dunkirk. We got Dunkirk. I am. That's just way better. Crossing a line. <laughs> yes, just for the record, on this yeah. on this channel, uh, Billy Lord will only be known as her given name, which is Chanel Number no. Three. Thank you very much. Uh, Fair enough. <laughs> hey, uh, uh, I know you guys aren't big in American Horror Story, but she's great on the last season, which I only watched because it was you know slasher movie themed, mm. um, which is I think nineteen. Is it Camp or nineteen eighty four? I can't remember the subtitle. I say eighty four. It's I, 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 I remember because I remember Patty mm-hmm. Jenkins cracking jokes about how it stole Wonder yeah. Woman's title. Uh, yeah, yeah. Okay. So yes, my number six. Uh, well, it's a shame we went back to back, but my number six is also Avengers Endgame. So, uh, yeah, to Tyler, uh, Tyler, Connor, Tyler's a patron. You got a shout out, Tyler. Free who, shout- tortures, free- who tortures Connor by giving him redhead every day? Free shout out, no, no, Tyler. Tyler gives me a discount country. Gotcha. Okay. Yes. This is what your uh, your twenty dollar donation gets you. Just, uh, <laughs> random drops. And- <laughs> <laughs> no. Oh. Uh, no. Endgame. I mean, we've always talked about it, but it like it, it's the uh, Endgame and Infinity War. Like, because there was a little while where I thought, okay, Avengers felt so magical when it came out. And I felt like the the MCU was kind of slowly losing that over the years afterwards. And I felt like it, it, it wasn't quite as special, get me wrong. That first Avengers viewing in the theater is still the most special the MCU has ever felt to me. But this is so, the this is the closest it ever came, was the, yeah. the, the last fight in this. Yep. Mm-hmm. You know, it was, you know, everything Cap did, everything with the dramatic beats, the, the they'll just say portals, you know, all that stuff. Yep. All that stuff was just... It was, you know, it was, it was, it was, you know, pop your tits off, good, right? That, that is what it was. It was. <laughs> man knows, what, man knows what I mean by this. That, that, yeah, that, is that something true. Scottish people say? And... I, oh yes. I, I guess I, I just nod and agree. Right, but like, <laughs> no, Matt, think about it. Like, uh, basically, because essentially what happens in that movie is the same as a wrestling return where someone's music hits, yeah, and you know they're about yeah. to come back, and you get really excited, right? It, it's uh, what they would call a. a uh, uh, who was it? Not Demolition. Um, the other guys, Road Warriors. Mm-hmm. They call it a Road Wood, a Road Warriors pop, where it's just or or a Stone Cold Steve Austin. You know, you hear the glass break and just right. Yeah. Um, but an end game is on your yes. left. <laughs> that's the, that's the oh glass breaking. I just got goosebumps. Yeah. See, there you go. <laughs> Thanks so much. Beautiful. Uh, yeah. Yes, I'll, I'll leave it there. I don't have to go to Ed Game anymore because I assume Matt's going to bring it up again at some point and soon. Mm-hmm. So that's good. He's repping today with the shirt. So. Yeah, I am. I, I, I like to give subtle hints. Um, subtle? Uh, yeah. Real subtle. <laughs> this is subtle for me. Yeah, I should know that. I'm as subtle as a sledgehammer. Matt, what is your number five? So my number five is already rotten up, um, and it's Parasite, uh, which is a movie that I was stupidly resistant to because I was like, there's no way it's this good. Like everybody's saying, you gotta watch Parasite. You gotta watch Parasite. So then I waited. Uh, home release came. Finally got it for a decent price. And I was like, I should have went to the theater and saw this. This was magnificent. Um, the pacing, and, and we all know here that I'm usually not a fan of subtitles. Like it's a joke, movies that you have to read. 
Um, but this one, the way that it balances everything, uh, the way that the director gets across information without necessarily having too much dialogue or whatnot, it's just, it's fantastic. And then what he has to say about class and everything else and, and the way that the title is opened up to, to either side of that conversation you want to have it on. It's it's just a meticulously crafted film. And this is another uh, one as well that I kind of like one cut of the dead. Maybe not to quite the same extent, but mm-hmm. certainly you don't want to reveal anything in the second half. No. You don't want no, anyone to know. You're like, no, just, just go in blind. Just watch just that, it. You think, like, at least for me, I thought I understood what the, the title had to do and you kind of have a bead on what the movie is. And then you have no idea. Like, it can, the title has eight different meanings I went into this movie so dark that I didn't like honestly just based on the title I thought is this like a movie about an alien that like starts yeah. like inf- infecting yeah, people yeah I thought it was like a sci-fi film yeah <laughs> yeah me too and that's, that's I remember Tim going sci-fi. yeah I remember Tim going to see it and saying like because he'd seen it in October and it had upset his horror movie theme so I was like well I know it's not a horror movie because Tim was complaining about having to not see a horror movie uh, in October so but that's about as far as I knew, besides everybody telling me to watch it. I think I said something at the start of the review that me and Pete did, uh-huh. that I went in thinking it was maybe a, a side of thing, because the last movies mm-hmm. I'd seen from this director were uh, Snowpiercer and, then, and, and Ocha. So I thought, oh, okay, mm-hmm. maybe it's another sci-fi movie, especially with the name Parasite. Yeah. And, uh, well, obviously not, but uh, the first, like, five minutes, sure. I'm like going... Is something going to happen? I just realized that all the movies from this director that I like are the ones that are not sci-fi. Yeah. You said you just realized that. We had that discussion in our review. I've well, forgotten, right, clearly. <laughs> I, I talk about movies and shit all the time. I remember all those conversations. Well, you should do better. Connor, he's telling you you don't matter. I know. So he doesn't listen enough. That's all. I know. I, I, yeah, I'm, no. I'm not denying any of this. Yeah, go on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But no, it, it's really... A really fantastic movie. I think it's earned all of the the accolades that it's it's gotten. And I'm actually I'm curious to see what the TV show does. How how different they make it. If they you know they try to replicate stuff because I also feel it's a very South Korean story. But once you start digging at it, you're like, oh no, this is kind of a universal story. So there's there are ways to do it to to change the audience. And mm. I don't mind seeing a more decompressed version too. If you know Adam McKay and Mark Ruffalo can can nail that down uh, for HBO. I think that's who's doing it. Yeah, it's HBO. Are they the ones who are involved? Yeah. Oh. Yep. I think Adam McKay's producing, and I know Mark Ruffalo has a producer credit, but he's also going to star. I think he's playing one of the one of the dads. I'm not sure which one, but uh, yeah. I do not remember hearing any of that. No. Mm-hmm. I, I yeah, could... Adam McKay adds a certain tone to it, which could yeah. be fitting, you know. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, after the, the big brothers short... is like top ten of all time. So. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no, I think between Big Short and Vice, though, that feel, yeah. you can see something kind of mm-hmm. along that sort of tone well, coming out. He of went, yeah, no, I understand. I, I was just yeah. kidding. Yeah. Well, once once he started with the with the other guys, where the movie's not great, and it's definitely my least favorite Adam McKay movie, but there is this bent uh, of of upper and lower classes at play in that movie towards the end, and then he goes and does the Big Short, and then he does Vice, and now he's attached to this. So if it ever comes out, you know. Um, I'll be watching it, you know. It's set there. But yeah, Parasite, number five. All right, cool. Tara, what's your number five? My number five is Midsummer. It's uh, 
the movie that where I had probably the most feeling of dread for three hours or however long it was, it actually <laughs> doesn't really feel its runtime. Like, uh, I, I'm not sure. Yeah. What about, I heard there was going to be like a four hour cut of it. I could watch four hours. Of it <laughs> I don't know. Like it was. There was a uh, there was a three hours uh, director's cut that came out. I don't know if there's going to be a longer one as well, but that's the one that came out. So it was two, the, the the theatrical cut was two and a half hours. The director's cut is three hours. It you're right though. It doesn't feel its time. I remember watching it going, "Wow, this is flying by." Mm-hmm. Um, and that yeah. said, I watched parts of it like this because you know. <laughs> well, uh, I mean, it's it is kind of like there are parts of it that are very horrific and gory, and disgusting even. Um, but it's for the most part, it's a very beautiful movie. Mm-hmm. Like it, it's all very bright, and like the movie is trying to tell you that something um, beautiful and happy is happening in celebration. But really, everything's just so horrifying, and the underlying story of what Florence Pugh is going through with her with her boyfriend and her family oh. history um, is like it's just <sighs> everything's just so disturbing. And I I really just loved my my movie watching experience with this one. And again, it's just another new voice that um, unique direction that uh, we have here with. Uh, is it Ari Aster? Did he do this one? Yeah, Ari Aster. Yeah. Okay. I, yeah. Yeah. I, the brightness on on that, like I, I what I love about it is that the horror of the movie isn't like hidden in the shadows. The whole horror is that no. it's exposing a truth that the characters don't want to admit. So that's why it's so bright mm-hmm. because it's, it's it is. And it's it un- also puts a spotlight on like the the cult and culture and like the uh, the seduction of falling into something where you feel wanted and heard. You know, and um, I, I, yeah, I, I really just love yeah. all the layers. But it's it's, a, it's uncomfortably bright, though. Is the point I was getting that because it's like yeah. you, don't, you don't want it. It's, it's like it's like when you're getting a photo taken. You're like, no, this is too much light. You're making me look all washed yeah. out, and it's revealing well, all my my, my <laughs> flaws. Yeah, and and some of the drug experience scenes, from what I've understood from people that have done drugs, said this is the closest that it, it's been like with the the vibrating of light and whatnot, um, and just the fact that it. It makes you feel uneasy. At least it made me feel uneasy. I just, um, I like that all the ten- all the tension I feel in that movie, at least well, ninety percent of it, is purely from like their relationship and mm-hmm. why, just how mm-hmm. off it feels, and it's all just like like the actual scary part is just normal. This relationship isn't working, but neither character right. isn't going to acknowledge it. Uh, right. Yeah, or well, one particularly is not going to acknowledge it. Uh, is the <laughs> key point. One, one kind of does. Yes. Um, uh so i mean i i the, the, the point is point is i feel much like uh that that gosling movie uh he did with michelle williams blue valentine yeah which was it was there was like this life and death of a relationship and it was really depressing i feel like much like that movie this is a movie where if you go to see it uh, as a couple if your relationship's slightly rocky it's over by the end of that movie <laughs> yeah but see I'd much, i haven't seen blue valentine and i love ryan gosling i don't want to see that I would rather watch Midsummer because at least, <laughs> you know, there's a cult. In that, in, you know, Nordic wildlife. In, you know. There's some intentionally funny stuff in there as well. So yeah. that's, that's, yeah. Yeah, that's there. Yeah. Uh, okay, just just be careful what trees you're peeing on, people. It's really important. Uh, just don't. If you're in a cult setting, ask where the bathroom is. That's all. <laughs> Lesson learned. Yeah, then some hippie in a robe will go, the bathroom is all around you brother 
nature's bathroom. The except, except that tree. <laughs> except that tree. Yeah. No, no. Maybe I, I, tell I've them not that. seen this movie because I wasn't a huge fan of Hereditary. Like, I didn't yeah. really enjoy it much. So I didn't I, bother I like this it more one. than Hereditary. And I'm like, yeah, what the too. hell is going on with this tree? Yeah, just, <laughs> just, it's worth watching. Know. Yeah. Yes. Uh, so that was tower number five. Connor, what's your number five? Uh, my number five is Knives Out. I know Matt mentioned it already. Uh, uh, yeah. It's just so much fun. Yeah. Oh man, this was this was a great time. Just go to the cinema and, and just seeing a movie like this. Just be unashamed and just having fun and being you know kind of pulpy and not being. Not not pretending it's it's got a huge deeper meaning that it has to you know really get across. Like, I mean, it has layers. It's not you know completely simplistic, but they're not the point of the movie. It's there to do the murder mystery and do it well, right. and that and that was just such an enjoyable yeah. time. And and I was yeah. I was having fun with all the everyone having so much fun with their performances because uh, they all were. They were all just really yeah. going for it, and it it was. <laughs> It was dialed up a notch as, as to where it should be, but it just the made nephew it... character still cracks yeah. me up. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and the fact that he's playing Chris Evans' son in that new Apple Plus show uh, that cracks me up. Um, but yeah, just the nephew character, and also the murder mystery too is real worth it. It, was... like, it never feels like it's second. It almost to feels like it's they solve the mo- or they solve the mystery within yeah. like the first twenty minutes. You're like, wait, what am I watching? <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, but that can't be it. And, and yeah. I like how you know, yeah, you're always just ahead of the movie. Like you, you mm-hmm. get what it's about to reveal. You know, within a, a minute or two before it does it usually. So you're never like too far ahead. Going, all right, I've got this all figured out, and you're just kind of waiting for the movie to catch up. It's just far enough ahead that you have that satisfaction of the reveal. Yeah. Going, aha, I knew it. Um, yeah, but yeah. that first major one like really threw me off. <laughs> I was like, I guess I yeah. don't know what I'm doing. I don't know. It was, a, it, yeah, it was a really fun experience at the theater. It's not on my list, but uh, it just I had to struggle with between Knives Out or Bombshell, and I I figured you guys are probably going to talk about Knives Out, so I'll put Bombshell Fair on enough. there. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm really glad they're doing uh, a second one. Uh, yeah, this is the sort of thing I can see just being. All right, let's just keep knocking these out forever. Like just do murder mysteries yeah. with with uh, Benoit Blanc. Daniel, we, you know, we, yeah, he's like kind Craig of the eventually. new Poirot, right? So. Yeah, <laughs> and why not? Yeah, we have we have a million movies of him. Is, yeah. this, is it just me or because the cousin name's so French? Like as soon as I heard it when I watched the movie, the first thing that popped in my head is Inspector Clouseau from the Pink Panther. <laughs> no? Well, yeah, he's no Peter Sellers, but there yeah. are a few who are. <laughs> uh, maybe when I watch uh, Pink Panther Strikes again I, I, every time I watch that movie the, the moat scene where he's trying to get across the water the moat I love it mm-hmm. I haven't seen that movie in like 15 years they hold up pretty well they I, do. Lo- I love the first one yeah, yeah. The, the magic Peter Sellers well the first one's kind of weird because like, the first one's kind of like more of a serious movie it's, it's, like, it's like Return of the Pink Panther uh, strikes again. Malcolm embraces it, yeah. its comedy a bit more. Yeah, they're like, wait, Peter Sellers is hilarious. Let's make yeah. a, let's just make a comedy. Yes, I would like a, a room, please. A what? A room? A room? <laughs> well, both movie. Pink, both Inspector Crusoe and um, uh, Blanc in this film is are, are basically doing their own versions of Poirot. Oh sure. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, they're both basically. They're not really hiding it, so it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> yes, uh, but Peter Sellers makes most things better. So uh, indeed, because because me and Carl did a uh, Lady Killers a couple of years ago, 
uh, for review. And that, like, I don't expect old comedies to hold up or work for me when I watch them for the first time now in present day, but holy shit, that one held up. That, that surprised me with just how funny that still yeah. was. Uh, that's the Alec Guinness one, right? Yeah. yeah. Alec Guinness, Peter Sellers. Because the whole joke of that movie is that these criminals are trying to like incorporate this old woman because you know, the, 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 they get like a lodging at this place and this old woman is like, the landlady and they try to incorporate yeah. her into their plan and it's basically just a story about how this old woman is so old womanly that it keeps getting in the way of their plan and it's hilarious the entire time. I, I saw the uh, the Coen Brothers version of it. Oh, it wasn't very good. <laughs> I never saw. Yeah, I never saw that one. <laughs> yeah, yeah that's a, I was trying to remember if it was the Coens, and I remember going in really high in that one. And I was like, ugh. Nah. Um, yeah, swing and a miss. Yeah. But this one seems. Uh, I mean, it's you good. have Alec Guinness and Peter Sellers, and I probably need to watch it now. Yeah, the original, original one's really good. Uh, anyway, so that was Carter's. Was five. That? Five. Yeah. Yep. Uh, so my number five. Uh, is The Lighthouse, which uh, for people who watch my streams, I'll get, I'll throw my bone here and say it's just an incredible amount of sperm in this movie. Uh, <laughs> so much went up. <laughs> so, I've broken Matt. Matt, do you want to know where uh, that comes from? Because I feel, no, I, I, feel like okay. I need to explain. <laughs> no, it's alright. Um, you said something about your lobster. So, <laughs> You're um, fun to be lobster, aren't you? Damn you, Winslow. <laughs> uh, the Lighthouse is an experience. It is, it is trippy. It is, you feel like you're going mad with the characters. Mm-hmm. Uh, at the end, of, It's one of those movies where at the end of it, you could sit and argue that none of it was literal, like none of it was real, or it was real, and it, or it was real and there was supernatural stuff, or it was real and they were just going crazy because of the isolation, which is something we can probably all relate to, at least to some extent right now. Uh, so, you know, like... It's one of those movies where it's just it's full of these crazy ideas, but when it hints at some of the horror stuff, because I mean this is technically a horror movie, but it's it's a very kind of slow, slight build. Yeah, but there are points where it, it, it kind of hints at this Lovecraftian stuff, and you're like, oh man, can we get like a sequel that goes really into this? Because I feel like this really nails the feeling of that. But well, that that's also a thing of Lovecraft though too, is about the madness, and mm-hmm. it is. is is this stuff really happening or is this just in these people's minds that are being driven insane uh, by unknown questions? So, um, yeah. It right. sounds like this. Mo- I would not like this movie. Oh, no. <laughs> Anytime Pete describes a movie as an experience, I'm like, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I'm about to take this. Uh, it's absolutely not on that movie. Yes, but there's uh, all, all sorts of wacky things. It's basically, it's basically the story of a demented married couple. They're not actually married, obviously, but it's these two guys living together in the lighthouse. And... It's very much a husband and wife role in a very sort of old school way in the madness that comes from this. Uh, it's it's really quite something. Uh, and my favorite my favorite description of this movie was from Tim, who said before I just before I watched it, he said it's basically the story of Screams After Midnight, and I couldn't help but think of that as I was watching it. Uh, and it's not it's not a million miles off. Uh, there's definitely some some parallels uh, See, there. I I remember getting excited hearing about this movie because there's an actual story about these lighthouse keepers that went mysteriously missing. And I was like, Oh, the guy that did the witch doing like a, what happened? Mm-hmm. And then it completely not. Oh, it's not that. I, no. it was. I mean, no, there's, there's still a chance no. of doing Nosferatu at some point, but he didn't want to do that yeah. first. I, th- I think he didn't want to be like typecast because like, he didn't want to do like a, just a straight horror movie like the witch again. 
like immediately. You wanted to get weird with it. Yeah. Um, well, I, I think that was the idea. I think because because the witch was successful for its sort of budget range, I think it's like I can do anything I want right now, and then they'll let me do yeah. Nosferatu later. They'll, they'll, they'll say the guy because they can market that. The guy who did the witch is doing Nosferatu. They can market that, and he'll get that project. But the lighthouse is like just him being his weird. This is like, this is like Refn going full Refn after Drive, where he just wants to do the weirdest thing that he he wants to do. I, I do picture that that gift from that moment from uh, Always Sunny. With a uh, you know a Danny Vito just going, I'm gonna get real weird with it, mm. and that's just what I imagine these guys are like. Where they're like, okay, you got free raid to do what you want. Can I offer you an egg in this trying time? I love that line from Metzl. I don't know why. It's just such a really funny line. Everyone loves that line. It's it's, it's brilliant. Uh, anyway, uh, that was number Good five. Uh, Matt, what was your number four? So my number four is Marriage Story. Uh, Noah Baumbach. Um, did not think I would enjoy this movie, being a child of divorce myself. Um, and there are parts that are very, very uncomfortable, um, but they're uncomfortable in the best way that you can't look away. Uh, it's, it's a dual acting piece for Scarlett Johansson. And um, I always just call him Kylo, so I always forget. Help me out, Connor. Adam Driver. Adam Driver. Thank you, Adam Driver. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, this, this movie hit. I still think about parts of this movie. Um, they're just... Each little piece adds to the greater whole. Um, you th- you think just based off the title, oh no, it's the story of their marriage, and and really it's it is, but it's also the story of a marriage becoming undone. It's, um, the, it's the divorce story, really, isn't it? Yeah, yeah exactly. And it, as nice as it tries to be, stuff happens that you, there's no coming back from with each of these. Or you're you're simultaneously rooting for both of them, right? I never felt like I'm picking a side. You know, at certain points, which is which is good because it'd be real easy for a lesser filmmaker to to make it like, oh no, she's right or oh no, he's right. And Bombach just plays that middle through the whole time. Uh, and yeah, no, uh, I suspect it's going to be on on someone else's list uh, coming up. I uh, so, I wanted to squeeze this in. In fact, if this movie yeah. had been like twenty five minutes shorter, I may have squeezed it in mm-hmm. before we recorded today. But I didn't. It, was, yeah, it wasn't quite enough time. It's- because I wanted yeah, to watch I didn't it, see it. Uh, again. Netflix. Because Bombach, uh, I really love Squid and the Whale, which is a movie he did like ten mm-hmm. years ago or whatever it was. Yeah. Uh, but uh, so, that was good. I really love Kramer versus Kramer, and it sounds an awful lot like that. Yeah, it, it's almost an updated. But again, I haven't seen Kramer versus Kramer since film school. But if I remember, there was a, a, a very delineated between those two. Um, here. Here it's not so much. Here you're you're looking at both sides. I'll be honest, I'm just hearing the plot of the lighthouse again coming from Matt right now. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> I mean, right? They're not a million miles apart. Do they start drinking kerosene at some point? <laughs> <laughs> That'd be telling. I don't want to spoil it. Um, but no, Driver is fantastic. Laura Dern. This is this is the movie that made me realize I have a I slight crash her. on board. Yeah, on Laura Dern. Um, and just going back, I was like, oh yeah, that's that's Doctor Sattler from from Jurassic Park. I think you'll find it's you know? Diane. From Twin Peaks, thank uh, you very Renata. much. Renata, <laughs> some big little lies. Oh, oh, fine choices, all, but yeah. so. Um, but Darnus, but yes, uh, Marriage Story. If you haven't seen it, I do recommend it. We're we're in the top, top, t- tippy top of the list. So. Yeah, we're getting up there now. Uh, Tara, what's your number four? My number four is Jojo Rabbit. Um. Yeah, just a. I love Taika Waititi. Um, what we do in the shadows is in like my top ten of all time. And um, 
I, I think he's just so like, yeah, he's hilarious, but he's so good at writing for children with this, like all the comedy comes from innocence and like, they really do say some terrible things, but it's so charming. <laughs> it's horrible to say, but it's um, a really great. Yeah. I, I, not unlike Midsummer and its theme of just wanting to be a part of something, part of a club and um just how easily people can be influenced um, towards the wrong thing. Um, I I just think the movie is uh, as every character is delightful. Um, even Stephen Merchant, who's just so evil, um, and uh, just a just a, a a really fun and when it needs to be heartfelt, like it, it really hits you hard, and it's. Uh, it's a good movie. Hey, I would yeah. I would reenact the scene with the merchant. I just don't want footage of us all saying that one nope. after the other. No, on not the internet. Do it. No. <laughs> <laughs> so, but you know, you know yeah, what I'm talking about. Our podcast is not satire. Yeah. Yeah. We won't get away with it. No. <laughs> also, Jojo trying to get the girl out, and this, as again, I'm not going to repeat it. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, but just him innocently just saying that phrase well Jordan George, George has his lines about the, the, the girl the Jewish girl yeah it's been, they're Borat lines he, yeah. sa- he says the sort of thing yeah. Borat would say yeah uh, he does it's yeah. that ridiculous well he's just indoctrinated yeah. into this mm-hmm. mentality where he just sees pe- he's been told that these people are monsters and he literally because he's a kid sees yeah. them as monsters but by the way confused when they don't have things like yeah. tails and horns for anyone who's not seen it that, that is the only comparison to Borat that I would make there's no other comparisons uh, just FYI uh, alright uh, Connor what's your number four uh, my number four is The Lighthouse um, so yeah everything Pete said like five minutes ago obviously all that holds true uh, I just I love the the mood the atmosphere the tone just it's so striking uh, immediately and four then, by three baby so you could fit the lighthouse in the frame as well that's a smart yeah, choice yeah, yeah. <laughs> And then on top of that, you you've got all the aspect ratio. <laughs> Such a nerd. <laughs> you you've got all the the, the thematic stuff between the uh, the two of them, and you know people saying like, you know, the, the the husband and wife roles and how they fit together. And then you, on top of that, it's actually this this retelling of these Greek stories, and you know him being you know the old man of the sea and. and Ah, uh, all that stuff. Then yeah, it, it makes me love it even more. And that's the stuff Matt would appreciate. But <laughs> yeah, Matt, I was like. Yeah, you Matt, you, you could interpret yeah. this almost like that Arca Aquaman where he's on the island with all the gods. Like, yeah, that's going to almost yeah. be like a demented Lovecraftian take on that. Yeah. God, yeah. That would have made Aquaman so much better if Willem Dafoe <laughs> <laughs> Where have you played that character? Yeah, yeah actually, wasn't Willem Dafoe in Aquaman? Was Aquaman? I think he might have been. Yeah, he was. Actually. He was Volko. He, he played Volko. <laughs> I don't know. I fell asleep during mind Aquaman you. in the theater and I never went back inside. Yeah, mind you, I... I... I liked it, but not enough to rewatch it uh, right now. No, uh, if Willem Dafoe started masturbating Aquaman, it would have made the better. Oh. That'd been more memorable. Yeah. yeah. There's no, no getting around that. But him as... I thought uh, I have a yeah. list of Willem Dafoe um, masturbation films, but <laughs> he's done it more than once. I, I, I don't know. You, there's a list of them on Letterboxd already. Yeah, so... Um, <laughs> I don't remember if... I don't remember if... a meme... Um, uh, Tobey Maguire and Willem Dafoe on the set they're like doing interviews uh-huh. on, on Spider-Man it was basically how Willem Dafoe or Tobey Maguire said that Willem Dafoe would sneak into his, his room at night 
and stay in character and beat the shit out of him. I bet that was just a, an act that he was putting on in order to beat him up. <laughs> yeah, right. And that's what he goes. He goes, oh wait, he still believes that was part of the part of the process. Here's the thing. I don't know if it's a meme or if it's real because it's Willem Dafoe. So you know, I know. Um, if if there's a new story that came out where he had like bodies buried in his backyard, I don't think I'd be surprised. Uh, yeah, yeah, I. <laughs> so, I did not see that new story. I don't I'm somehow not surprised. I don't remember if there was a masturbating scene in Antichrist, but there was definitely a I'm lot, of, a lot of explicit. Everything but yeah, that. everything but that. Autofocus had a lot of masturbation. Uh, yeah, uh, that's enough. <laughs> I will take. I will take this moment to give you my favorite Willem Dafoe meme. It's a photo of him. And Spider-Man, and it says William Dafoe. And there's a photo of him in Aquaman, and it says William the Friend. Sometimes Aww. the simplest <laughs> jokes. Sometimes the simplest jokes work. All right. Yeah. Your friend Palpatine or your pal friend Patine. <laughs> oh, dude. Anyway, who who was who was who picked that? That was Connor. That, that was me. That yes. was number four. Yeah. Uh, yeah. All right, we're swapping picks here because my number four is Midsummer. Uh, Midsummer is everything that was said. Uh, I, I I will. I don't even know what I want to add here beyond just. When we're continuing this, there's a theme in 2019 of weird sex scenes and weird sexual <laughs> moments. Uh, but what, what I just I loved it from the very get go. Like when when she gets the bad news at the start of the film, that kind of kick starts the character off, and it's why her boyfriend can't just break up with her because he feels bad because she just lost like her whole family, which is not that's the, that's the premise. Like she just that happens right at the yeah. start. Uh, and he feels like he, oh I need to stay with her now for at least a few months while she's upset and mourning and blah 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 and i just i love some of the framing in some of this parts of the movie where there's just like a bear and a painting in the background which was or it was a tiger but whatever it was it was like impossible not to notice and then i love the one shot take of when she comes it's like they're all going on this vacation to to sweden and he's like oh yeah by the way uh girlfriend's coming and like oh man and then she walks in and she's like oh i hope it's not this isn't awkward let me come in and like oh no it's fine and it's just this dead silence and i'm like this is social horror that i i am like like this reminds me of the scene in eighth grade where she like gets forced to go to this pool party she doesn't want to go to and she knows she's not going to talk to anyone so the walk out to the pool is just this like sequence of dread and she just sits in the corner of the pool this this was this again where i'm just like oh my god someone do something uh but yeah very very cathartic ending uh, it's, uh you can almost read the entire movie as an analogy rather than like a literal movie but uh it's wonderful i like to bear on hereditary as well even though I, I there's a middle portion of hereditary that i think is basically perfect oh uh, yeah but there, there are parts of dread. yeah oh yeah there are parts of hereditary that will never not be in my brain and i hate it for that and you know not so much with with midsummer but midsummer is a much more well-crafted film that said i never want to see the cliff scene again ever <laughs> oh dude loved it best scene of the movie yeah. <laughs> loved it that's an hereditary thing oh that's just been weird uh, all right uh uh sure. <laughs> matt what's your number three we, we ready for the number three spot which has been dubbed for the last couple of years as the kong spot oh god so, yeah what's he so, found what even came out this year? So, it came down to, to two different movies, and I made the decision this morning to put something in over something else. So, uh, the number three spot, the Kong spot, which for those that are uninitiated, this is a movie that only I would have this up high. And it's usually pulpy. It's technically not that good, but 
but I had so much fun watching Watch it. Watch this be Tara's uh, number one or something like that. Just... <laughs> <laughs> if that's it, then perfect. I need to do a show with her and not Pete. Because then we line up. Probably somewhere. an honorable mention. Yeah, so, um, number three, and then after I do number three, I'll say what was also up for this spot. Um, but my number three in this spot is Crawl. Um Kalos Coladario versus Alligators. I can get behind uh, this, but I mean, it's not in my top 10, but I can get behind yeah. this. This was a That's fun movie. Good. Yeah. I had so much fun with this. I thought going in, it was just going to be this, this trashy B movie that was going to lean heavily on, you know, like special effect alligators and whatnot. Uh, but a lot like the shallows, uh, which was Blake <laughs> Lively versus a shark. Um, this got like, Super well tense, like it's it's really tense throughout. I the house that she's trapped in, I don't know who designed that in Florida to easily flood, but everything works. So the the story is is that it's this girl that's on the swim team in Florida who can't get a hold of her dad in her hometown as they're supposed to be evacuating for a category five hurricane. So she, you know, breaks the rules, goes back in. Something bad has happened to, to dear old dad, and she has to get him out while her house is flooding, while being surrounded by gators. And, oh, man, I had so much fun at the theater with this one. Um, it just, everything works. And, again, a lot like The Shallows, like, I didn't think that this was going to work as well. And it does everything you think it's going to do, and it's not that surprising. Um, so when it does surprise, you are like, oh, I can't believe – that worked out that way. Um, but yeah, and uh, Barry Pepper plays the dad and he does pretty well with what he's given. Like he doesn't have to do much, but but be injured and, and you know, be concerned. Uh, and Kea, uh, yeah, right. And then uh, Kea Scaladario, who I only knew from the fifth Pirates movie. Um, and I didn't recognize her here in, in you know, modern, modern times setting. I, I know I've seen that fifth mm-hmm. Pirates movie. Yeah, I, all, all no, I remember are the sharks, and that's it. Yeah, yeah. I, it's actually pretty. It's, it's. It was. I remember know. it being fine. I remember watching it. Yeah, going, oh, that was fine. Compared but to all the I remember now one, is sharks. Yeah, uh, compared to the fourth one, it's it's much much better. But those those first two are kind of. You know, I enjoy them. Um, the first one still. I, no, I watched them all. Uh, like, well, I watched the first three before yeah. I watched five. I didn't. I wasn't putting myself through four again. Uh, yeah. One really holds up. I think they're all decent if Johnny mm-hmm. Depp wasn't in them. That, that's fair. It's just um, his character just becomes such a cartoon that he does. He works really well. All in the of first his stuff one. is, but the world building and every all the villains yeah. are great. And mm-hmm. I, I actually don't hate the films. I just don't like yeah. Jack Sparrow except for the first one. Yeah, yeah, no, and that's that's a fair uh, on that. Um, but yeah, Crawl. I do recommend if you have not seen it. Um, do to go out and this is I finally found Primeval on HBO, which is about a gigantic crocodile in Australia, um, and I'm probably gonna watch that today because mm-hmm. uh, I love my giant monster movies. If you would like a um, companion movie to go with this, yes. there was a I think it was a, it was a Thai film from last year called mm-hmm. The Pool about a guy who gets trapped at the bottom of a you know because the pool obviously once you drain the waters you can't climb out of it. Right. It's, it's basically the episode of it's always sunny when they get trapped in the pool, but. Okay. Trash. Yeah, but there's a there's a crocodile. Uh, 
So yeah. it's, it's great. I mean, it's a, it's, yeah. it's actually more contrived in a lot of ways because everything keeps going wrong in really ridiculous ways to the, right. po- to the point where I started laughing at some really bad things because I was like, of course this would happen too. Of course yeah. this would also happen. Of course that's yeah. where the object is that he wants to get. <laughs> like, so with, with me in movies like this, there has to be some like fulfilling deaths. Like there's characters that pop up that their only role is to be fodder for the creature. Um, and this movie has it and like it's packed with characters that you're like, Oh yeah, I can't wait to watch them get turned into gator food. <laughs> um, but yeah, the other movie that was up for this one was, was Godzilla actually... King of the Monsters. I was, I was going to say, don't you want to save it for our yeah. mentions, but never mind. <laughs> no, no, no. Just because then I thought I'm getting too cute with the Kong spot. Like, and of course I'm putting God... as much as I enjoyed Godzilla King of the Monsters. It was really only for the big monster fight scenes. Right. I mean, the movie's pretty good. Um, the humans are but, worse. <laughs> yeah, they are. The, the movie's it was, good, but Crawl is much better. Yeah, exactly. And then I thought about like I had a much better time watching Crawl in the theater, and I actually actively want to watch it again. Where I've had the opportunity to watch, you know, Godzilla numerous times, and that's another thing that goes into the spot. It's if I feel like watching it. So like we all know, I watch Kong Skull Island like on a weekly basis at this point, you know, um, and and Overlord. The other one that was in the spot. So I think Crawl's a nice addition on, on into that quiver. Yes, Crawl and Overlord both being much better than Kong, for the record. Uh, I love Kong. Uh, no, I'd take Kong over Overlord. I like both. Well, you have an anime like, movie on I'd your like list, so both. I mean, your, your compromise is it is. Uh, <laughs> Tara, what's your number three? The Lighthouse. <laughs> we've all kind of talked about it but i just i i just was so mesmerized by the style the dialogue mostly willem dafoe like the fact that he didn't get nominated for best supporting or best leading role is um i don't know i need to write some letters to somebody about it like, i'm really <laughs> upset because he he's just so phenomenal and so fun to watch um and the movie itself like you mentioned before is you know, you can kind of take it as, is there something supernatural or are they just going crazy? And and you also feel like you're descending into madness. And uh, there, there's some wonderful moments where they're fighting and then dancing together right after. And you know, it's a lot of masturbation. Mark, this is how I felt when you were all talking about Midsummer. <laughs> <laughs> But you were all going on about the tree, and I'm like, what the hell is yeah. it with this tree? That, that, that's how I felt. Yeah. I, the movie is such a is, is such a ride, um, and it is it is art house. Like it doesn't get much more art house than this. But I I'm so on board with anything that is it Robert Eggers yeah. does in the future. I'm there. Like <laughs> between this and which, uh, I I think he's he, he's trying to make movies that don't get made anymore. Um, but with like modern, um, uh, I want to say limitations, <laughs> where you can have things like violent masturbation um, <laughs> in your film. Well, and, let's not mention yeah. the mermaids. The, <laughs> the sirens, yeah, they're they're wonderful. Um, just, I'm pretty sure this movie's a masterpiece, but I have to watch it again to make sure. Well, Agers has me with his thing he's developing called The Northman. So if he's gonna do Viking stuff, oh like, I, yeah, I think I did hear about yeah. that. Yeah, because uh, I just pulled him up, and yeah, I can't wait till it's like incredibly art house, and Matt doesn't doesn't like it. He's <laughs> so conflicted. I, I sat through uh, Refn's Viking movie with Mads Mikkelsen. 
nothing will be as bad as that. For me. Oh, it was great. Yeah. I, I mm. love that movie. Yeah. It's well made, but I was on that boat with them for three months. <laughs> um, good old One Eye is my best friend. Um, yeah, no. So this, I'm. Uh, this is. A, I just. <laughs> I keep hearing the watch term it. violent masturbation. <laughs> <laughs> okay, it's not yeah. like it. It's, it's not like the plot of the movie is masturbation, but it's, it's depicted in a way where it's, it's unforgettable. It's just some pivotal <laughs> moment. Yeah. Yes, and then the other person has to maybe dodge the results of said masturbation. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I love how this is such a serious movie. There's so much going on, and we're going, yeah, but they're all masturbated. Like, we're 12. <laughs> <laughs> it's like he has to throw a saving throw so that he doesn't get hurt by the just the incredible amount of sperm uh, alright so uh, <laughs> Connor what's your number 3 yeah I feel like we're at a point of these lists now where there's a lot of going around because we have yeah. a yes. lot of overlap in, in takes yep. uh, so it's, uh, it's Jojo Rabbit um, I don't know if there's anything else left to say that hasn't been said it's a uh, it's it's very very funny, uh, funnier than it, than you would expect. Mm-hmm. Um, I felt like this is uh, the, the culmination of Petiti's works. Um, there's a lot of stuff like from you know, Hunt for the Wilder People with the kids um, coming in from this. I think this is an evolution of that. Um, and then you know his his social commentary has obviously kind of been dialed up over the years as it's gone on. And, uh, and there's a, obviously a lot here because that's kind of the whole point. Uh, but the the fact that it, it manages to jump between tones and have some really you know, heart-wrenching scenes while at the same time within seconds give you something so over-the-top bombastic and ridiculous that you can't help be laughing in the middle of, you know, literal horrific war. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's it's so impressive. And yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's just delightful as well. Mm. Yeah. Uh, very little to... Uh disagree with uh my number three is parasite uh so there's a lot of swapping around here uh, parasite is i'll just i'll just say this parasite is a very layered film where the more you think about it the more it works and the more it makes sense and it was one of those ones where when i talked about it with connor i liked it more at the end of that conversation because the more we talked about how it represents the social class structure how it has layers of that social class structure and all the things that it's doing in between uh like it's it's just it's wonderful it's got so much to say uh so no uh yeah yes there you go parasite i, I mean well, this is the thing we're getting to the point now where we've said we've t- spoken about some of these movies like three or four times already well not four because there's only four of us but you know what i mean yeah. uh yep Yes, so Parasite, my number three. Uh, Mal, what's your number two? So I'm pretty sure I'm the only person with this on their list, but this is uh, some movie that I did not expect, given the trailers, and I went to go see it. Um, and it's Ford versus Ferrari. Like, mm. I don't care about car culture whatsoever. I don't care about auto racing. However, you make this a, a sports movie uh, about two two teams trying to outdo each other, and you, you lock in a very charismatic... Christian Bale, and then uh, a Matt Damon as kind of the, the sturdy rock everything's built on. Uh, and then you got James Mangold, who's a director I'm a fan of. And how, how can it not uh, be entertaining? Um, this movie's great. Yes, it is. And it, it throughout it, I kept going, are they, are they making me care about car stuff? 
holy crap, they're making me care about car stuff. Uh, to the point where I got so wrapped up in the race at the end and if bad things were going to happen, I never do this. Granted, I was the only person in the theater, so it was safe. I got on my phone and checked <laughs> out the real-life characters just to make sure I wasn't setting myself up to cry during 4 uh, I, I wouldn't want to know. I, I, I wouldn't yeah. be in suspense. Oh, no. Pete, I, I could not... Like, I started to worry as if it was a family member. Yeah. Right? Like, <laughs> like I, I have to know this is going to be okay. And I won't say if it did or not, but... Um, yeah, it's it's fantastic. I want to watch it again. I haven't had a chance to to give it a rewatch, but in the theater, the the car scenes are fantastically shot and edited. And I, I think that did this one editing? No, uh, nineteen seventeen did. I think this one for sound, whatever. It was well earned. Um, and and just yeah, I, it's one that I can't. I again, I can't believe it's as high on my list, and it, but it just feels right. Uh, that's yeah. one that was on my short list to see, and I didn't get around to it. Yeah. So, it's uh, it's real good. It's a story I was interested in. I'd, I'd seen like, a couple of things of the story in the mm-hmm. past. Um, Grand Tour did a fantastic documentary section mm-hmm. on it. Um, mm-hmm. I think in their first season, uh, which is well worth checking out. Like even if you don't care about the the show in general, it's it's James May. Every so often, gets to do James May things and do an actual documentary mm-hmm. piece. Um, yeah. He did one on this, and it's it's wonderful. Like, he goes and you know sits in you know the actual cars and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, yeah, but. there's another documentary that I watched right after this called um, "The 24 Hour War," and yes. it's all about it's, it's it shares a lot of the same stuff. I will I I do prefer this though, just because of the, you know, the story is is great, but the performances in Ford v Ferrari really put it up over the top. Yeah, and um, it's it's something that I I've said a lot of about in the past with when it comes to to biopics. Uh, I don't need it to be a hundred percent accurate. You can fudge the details nope. a bit if it makes mm-hmm. a better movie. If I want the the raw story i'll go watch a documentary and uh, yeah. and this if it fudges a few little moments here or there in terms of mm-hmm. timings and just things little little bits here or there nothing major but no. enough that there, there are some purists who are probably annoyed but it makes a of course. damn good movie mm. yeah, yeah. You're, you're gonna have that uh but no it's fantastic and i can't like mangold not getting nominated for director still doesn't sit well with me just because the person that put all of this together and it made someone like me who doesn't care about this stuff in the slightest, you know. Uh, oh, Matt, mate, that, that's uh, mate, mate. It's happening. It's only a matter of time. I also oh, took a whale today. It usually takes... It did, yeah. Yeah. It well, because sh- I've been shutting it off periodically. Ah. And I, had, I hadn't done it for... It's but anyways, so I, I kept hearing, like, film podcasts that I listened to uh, all kept giving this, like, good reviews. So I was like, well, I better go check it out. And there it is. Yeah. Two. I have it um, in my top 15, so you know it's yeah. pretty close. Um, mm-hmm. it's, it's really good. Yeah, um, yeah. I don't care about cars, but this is like sports movies. I don't give a shit about any sports. But then you give me a Creed, or you give me uh, a Mighty Ducks, <laughs> and all of a sudden I, I care about things because, yeah. unlike actual sports, they can so good. they can film it with you know like direction as opposed to just. Here's the hard cam. Well, again, like, like Connor was saying, you can fudge with the stuff a little bit. Oh, yeah, you fudge know, like, like, like Miracle, the, about the Miracle on Ice, there's a lot of stuff that didn't actually happen. But even the guys go, well, if, if we all got along at the beginning, it wouldn't be much of a fun movie to watch until the game. You know? <laughs> so you got to add little things that happen. Like, yeah, there's a rivalry between the Boston guys and the Minnesota guys um, based off of college rivalries. 
But other than that, they were all on the same team, and they understood that. But for a movie, you got to have the fight in the locker room. Mm-hmm. It, it always bothers me that people are annoyed. But it was like the big example recently was Bohemian Rhapsody. There was a mm-hmm. scene at the end of that, you know, where you know he he has a, a conversation with the rest of the band, and everyone's like, "But that happened later. That, that happened like you know two or three years later after this." And I'm like, Ugh. "Who cares? It needs to have the dramatic endpoint for the movie, you know, regardless yeah. of." Of whether you not really like the movie or not. Everything makes a great movie. Like no. you know, it has yeah. to be adapted in some way, and that yeah. goes on the director. Like, and yeah. I think that's I think that's okay so long as the big ideas are coming through. Yeah. Then exactly. the, that's the what matters most. All right, Tara, what's your number two? My number two is Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. <laughs> <laughs> My number yeah, two is Connor seventy seven. Uh, <laughs> Actually. Uh, Slight update on that. As Matt was looking for mentioned crawl, I was just yeah. trying to see where I had it placed. Oh, on so there. it got bumped. And turns out I hadn't added crawl in, so it's now seventy-eight of eighty-one. <laughs> okay, where'd you put crawl though? Uh, crawl ended up at uh, nineteen actually. Okay, so look at pretty that. high. Yeah, that did look like a fun movie. Um, I love Tarantino. I love his films. Uh, <laughs> I understand that some people have a problem with uh, with his style. Uh, I don't. I think his movies are event films, and um, even the ones that, when I go and see, that don't automatically click with me, always somehow seem to grow on me as I watch it more and more. And maybe it is because I watched it just a few days ago with my folks um, that it's climbed up to space number two. But man, I I like this movie a lot, and um, I think. I know Brad Pitt's been getting like all the praise and all the awards, but I think this is Leo's movie. Like his performance, his breakdown scene that he goes through is so effective and so well done. And I heard like 80% of that scene, his breakdown scene was improvised. And it's like, damn, Leo, what are you drawing from there? Something seems like a real personal role for him. Uh, every time um, he didn't win the Oscar, that's what he's yeah, drawing exactly. from. Him, going, yeah. <laughs> him having to go through actual hell on The Revenant to finally earn it. Yeah, I, I know. know right? <laughs> I know. And it, it sucks that Tom Hardy was in that movie with him because he was mm-hmm. so much better. <laughs> he was. <laughs> But it's okay. I'm glad he got his honorary Oscar. But I think mm-hmm. I think he he earned that Oscar for this performance. I think it's a. I really I I do genuinely love the film. It is a fairy tale. It is an epic, like the name suggests as well. It's um, yeah. There is a lot of feet. I, I like the fact that there's so much emphasis on the feet. It's almost like Tarantino's just messing with people because he That's... knows that that there's that thing about him. Yep. <laughs> Uh, that that was my take on it is that he was definitely leaning into it because he had the opportunity with the Manson girls to you know like, I'm I'm gonna do this and it's gonna drive people nuts uh, and yeah. I think mission accomplished yeah a wonderful score it really does feel like a period piece like uh, a lot of Hollywood because I kind of live in this area and I I definitely work in that area a lot of Hollywood has just kept all those. Um, the, those redesigned for for filming the film that the, those scenes in the movie they just kind of kept the signs up and kept them vintage and you know it looks pretty cool driving down there and seeing how hollywood used to feel of course there's more people more traffic but you know you can get an idea not today <laughs> that there isn't like. <laughs> yeah not right now yeah um, that's well, what I, apparently... like when i drive down there now it's like oh 70s except there's just so much people <laughs> there's so many people apparently uh, the spawn ranch scene was shot down the way 
because where they, you know, they wanted to get away the, the property owners from the whole Manson stuff. They don't want people visiting it. So they had to build in a close area. Um, and from what I understand, it looks just like the other area. So now people well, can visit. Yeah, so much of California looks the same. Like mm -hmm. once you, it, it is all basically desert until you get yeah. to the mountains. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yeah, but there's that rock they always put in like every 10 episodes of Star Trek that's very recognizable. Vasquez rock, yeah. There you go. Yeah. Uh, so Kirk Fortley gone. 14 on the way to Palmdale. I see it all the time. And I sing. Beautiful. Star Trek fans will recognize it unless you're a fan of the cable guy. Connor, what is your number two? My number two is Marriage Story. So yeah, it did show up somewhere because one of us had to represent it. Oh, other than that, obviously. Yeah. But. This was funny because obviously the week this came out, about three days before I had watched Scenes from a Marriage mm -hmm. because me and Pete were supposed to do a review on it and Pete kept falling asleep. Well, this, I feel like this is uh, slander. It's not slander if it's true. There's slander, there's slander here. Somehow there's slander. And uh, Marriage Story is, is everything I wanted Scenes from a Marriage to be. Essentially, like you know, season one, I was I keep having it. was all right. Hold on a second. Hold on a second. Now I've not actually finished uh, season from marriage yet, but I feel like we have to address the fact that Carl just said that about uh, an Ingmar Bergman movie. I just I want to acknowledge that he yeah. just said that about a Bergman movie. Yeah, no, and and I wanted to. That, that's why I said I wanted to love that movie. I, I that's that's why this is what I wanted that movie to be. And when I watched that movie, I was just like, I mean, it was good, you know, but it didn't, it didn't grab me. It wasn't. It wasn't powerful in the same way that this one was, where this one, it, it had you captivated. I think, um, actually, when I disagree with something Matt said earlier, uh -huh. he said, oh, it, it doesn't you know, pick sides. I think what I love about it, though, is it does, but it constantly changes which side it's picking. Yeah. So it evens out. That's but what I I'm saying. It nitpick slightly, because yeah. you, you know, when, when, when one of the characters is doing something, you're like, oh, yeah, yeah I, I, she's right. Yeah, I'm completely on her side. He's a terrible person. And then... Two scenes later, I'm going. No, he's absolutely right. Yo, know, she's she's being unreasonable. Like it's it constantly yeah. makes you change which side you're on, rather than just right. And you're not in the middle I... going. Well, I see both sides. It's it, it, it makes you pick a side and then drags yeah. you over to the side. And that's I, much harder. Throughout throughout most of the movie, my heart does go out for Driver's character a little bit, just because it seems like it's blindsiding him. And then you see Scarlett Johansson's side, and you're kind of like, oh no, this guy's so wrapped up in himself of course he was blindsided by it yeah. you know so you it unfolds in that way but no definitely i definitely feel by the end i'm on neither side and both of them handled things the worst way possible right yeah so and um, i want to give uh some credit for impartiality mm -hmm. there because obviously this is very very heavily based on his own life yeah um and the fact that he didn't just make himself the victim. And, <laughs> you, no, you know, it would have been really easy to do, right? And go, yeah. oh, I was so mistreated. And no, no, no. There's a lot of times where he is very clearly in the wrong and he yeah. doesn't shy away from that in this in, movie. He, he kind of brings that to the forefront and I can respect that. Yeah, in the way that Midsummer is kind of an apology from Ari Aster, from what I read about how he's acted in relationships, this is kind of an apology to Jennifer Jason Leigh because uh, that's who Bombach was married to. And that if you look at the Adam Driver character, there's a lot there that lines up with Bombach and Charlotte Johansson that lines up with her, but not not 
too cleanly, right? They're yeah, still, yeah. But a different it's pieces. more just a, yeah. you know, okay, we, we both could have handled this better. Right, exactly. Thing. So, um, and the, again, there are parts I'd love to see him, him getting the notice of, of the divorce. I, that scene is genuinely funny and slightly yeah. heartbreaking. The, the scene where he loses it, I don't want to see again. And I'm mad at the Oscars for putting that in his uh, I'm, section. I'm, I'm mad at the Oscars for not giving Adam Driver the Oscar, frankly. Yeah. Um, yeah. But that's he'll win eventually. He's really yeah. great. Oh yeah, he, yeah, he he will win eventually. But in, in in just like you were saying about Leo before, like how okay, yeah, sure, he won for the Revenant, mm-hmm. but probably not the movie he should have won for. Mm-hmm. It was right. just more of a okay, we kind of owe you this one. Yeah, I yeah. feel like the same might happen with Driver now at some point mm-hmm. where he'll win eventually because he absolutely He's, deserves it. You know, he is fantastic in everything that I've seen. There's I've never once seen an Adam Driver performance that wasn't like, you know, like in Black Klansman. He's fantastic. Right? He, was in a, he was in a zombie movie uh, uh, yeah. like last year as well that I loved. Um, yeah. Don't, don't a, die. Yeah, with Bill Murray. Yeah. Don't um, don't that, was, that was really good. Do you know, if they stopped giving people honorary Oscars and just gave people Oscars when they actually deserve to get the Oscar, it would make life much simpler. No, it would. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it would. That's why the Oscars should be 10 years later if we've had this discussion. <laughs> yes, we've had this discussion. Well, yes. I mean, next year's Oscars might be interesting. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they're the all digital Oscars. It'll be like a Nintendo you, Direct. You think there's going to be films for them to to talk about? Oh, I do. Hollywood well, loves not, itself. Only if so, they change their rules, because yeah, yeah, yeah. at the minute they have to have the theatrical releases. Yeah. And well, who knows? Yeah. But uh, just the only, the only thing I want to say, you know, that scene that that Andrew, you know, where yeah. the, the one where he loses that that kind of yeah. you know the one that became the famous scene. Yeah. Um. I love you know that it wasn't improvised at all. I think that's even more somehow more impressive that that is exactly as it's scripted because it comes off so natural, so off the cuff, mm-hmm. and you feel like he must be just going off on one here and channeling yeah. something. And the fact that it is word for word, you know, beat for beat, just scripted, is is so much more impressive to me that he can just kind of roll that off and have it look so natural. We could just skip a year in the Oscars. This is not, I mean, like, what? We're going to be upset. It's so- to, it's, are we going to be upset that Sonic the Hedgehog missed its chance? Like, it got robbed? Like, uh, it's fine. We can Harrison move on. Ford might get supporting actor for, for Call of the Wild. I actually like that movie. Uh, <laughs> oh, man. It might make my list next year. <laughs> too many bad things happen to dogs in that movie. I can't watch it. Yeah. Oh, they're CGI. Yeah, I know. But it's fine. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Anyway. Well, it makes it a bit better. It's not like watching like a dog's purpose or something where you're like, yeah, is I... that dog really drowning? Or Milo and Otis or something. Oh. Right. <laughs> Can't watch that. Nope. All right. My yeah. number two is Jojo Rabbit. Uh, and oh, yes, we talked about this a bunch. Am I the fourth person to have this? I might be. Uh, I think so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. Jojo Rabbit, I'll just say that it has one of the most fist-pumping moments in the, the final act uh, of any movie I've seen in a long time. Uh, and I will say that for me, Taika Waititi, I've always respected as a filmmaker, but I, I never... There was always something just quite missing in these movies for me. Uh, you know, I liked what we do in the shadows, but it just didn't hit the mark that everyone else seemed to like it for. I liked The Hunt for World of People, but I just didn't quite love it as much as everyone else did. Uh, Jojo Rabbit's the one that I came away... And even Thor Ragnarok too, as well, to an extent. But... Jojo Rabbit's the one I came away from where we like, no, no, this was just excellent. I have nothing to complain about. There's, there's nothing... It's not even that I had stuff to complain about with those other movies. It was just that... It just didn't quite click for me in the way that 
it seemed to click for everyone else and i just felt kind of alienated where i was i seemed to, you know i respect this guy's comedy this is very talented what he's doing but mm-hmm. for some reason it's just not quite working for me in the same way that to the same extent at least that everyone else this everything for me it was had a message it had wonderful performances it was funny it was sad it was tense it was exciting it was sweet it was all these things and it, it, for, for me it was kind of an example of uh, a really inventive way of telling a story through this lens that you don't associate with this t- subject because this subject is extremely dark and mm-hmm. like for for me i would much rather watch jojo rabbit again multiple times then go back and watch schindler's list again or go back and watch you know think of an all yeah. depressing movie but like yeah so jojo rabbit my number two so yeah and i'm i'm I think I can guess everyone's number one. Obviously, I can guess my own, but like, yeah. <laughs> got, got a good I idea. Mean, I mean, I can guess Pete's for sure. I'm not sure about the. We're actually going to guess for the record. We're going to let people reveal it themselves, but yeah. I just oh, real, real quick, Taika's next movie is a sports movie, um, so um, that that excites me. Uh, well, of course see. it does. Yes. Sorry, sorry, Michael. It's not the uh, werewolf movie spinoff. No, movie in the shadows. I need to one see day. werewolves uh. one day. <laughs> Um, so yeah, we still have the TV show, which is spectacular, yes. also. Yep, yep. Yeah, I like the TV show more than the movie. Actually, I love the TV show. I don't uh, know. The, about equal for me. One of the yeah, one of the hardest times I've ever laughed with my brother watching a movie was from what we do in the shadows when the one vampire falls in with the Nazis and mm. it pairs with Jojo Rabbit so much. It's just it's it's Matt, it's Matt Berry. Matt Matt Berry yeah. just makes the show better for me. I just that man's voice. Matt, Matt it, Berry does bat. improve everything. He's, yeah. he's just I love the way he announces that. Yes. Bat. Yes, he's just he's just like something about his voice immediately makes everything he's in funnier. Like 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 IT Crowd Series One, really good. Season two when he shows up, okay. Now it's like best comedy of all time. Moment is still one of my favorite moments from that show. Oh yeah, when he shows up at the funeral of his brother. Yeah, yeah, his father, isn't it? Was his father? Yeah, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> whatever relation was. Let's be honest, they were the same age. It was kind of a, a, a ridiculous joke that that's supposed to be son, but whatever. <laughs> um, all right. So, Matt, uh, recap your your list and end right. with telling us your number one. All right. So, number 10 is Rocket Man. Number nine is Good Boys. Number eight is Toy Story 4. Number seven is Jojo Rabbit. Number six is Knives Out. Number five is Parasite. Number four is Marriage Story. Number three is Crawl. Number two is Ford v. Ferrari. And number one, um, without a doubt, this has been number one since I saw it, and that's Avengers Endgame. Um, emotional. It's already been talked about twice. I don't want to talk about my favorite stuff without spoiling it for if you you know haven't seen it, but it hit me in so many different emotional levels, and it doesn't stop. Like It is a movie that just keeps... You know, plucking at those, um, and it's the culmination of, of what twenty one films at that point, and it sticks to the landing more so than another movie that should have stuck a landing that came out uh, much much later in the year. Um, uh, so and yeah, it just like Tara said, it is the end of a of season one essentially, right, or of a oh. season of, of TV. Uh, and then, he only just got that. I took me. I yeah. didn't know what he was talking about. I was like, "What movie tends to come landing later?" Yeah, yeah. 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 So <laughs> it took him that long. It, it's a the movie just for so everyone. Else, uh, Star Wars: Rise of Skywalker. Um, sure, it's Star Wars, right? 
But at the same time, so much more information is coming out now that just could have been in the film, right? That it's yeah. it's driving me nuts. Um, and and I have a friend that's very much into the supplemental material, and I have to constantly tell him, if it's supplemental, then it doesn't count. I'm like, I'm into the supplemental material. I read everything. Right. But it's still... If, that doesn't excuse the mess between, of the movie. Su- no, no, exactly. There's a difference between supplemental yes. and essential. Right, exactly. So Supplemental was yeah. giving us Palpatine's name was Sheev. Right. That That's supplemental. That doesn't matter. All right, we're, no. going, we're going to do a conversation after the top ten about you know, the worst so, things, so we can save my, this. But my whole point <laughs> is, nothing in Avengers Endgame feels... It all feels super tight. I don't feel there's... As long as that movie is, I don't feel there's much wasted going on like even even in their journey each different character you know and the, their teams doing what they have to do it all feels like it's it's part of a bigger whole so uh, yeah and it's the, number one i will just say the time travel was used effectively to kind of be this weird celebration of a lot of things we'd already had uh mm-hmm. back to so. the future is full of shit uh although Paul <laughs> can shut his goddamn <laughs> face because back to the future is better than this movie so End of discussion. He held the movie in high esteem and That's, was just disappointed that, you know, the science didn't hold up. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I'll phrase it this way. I like Back to the Future's time travel rules but more than I like Avengers Endgame's time travel rules. Avengers Endgame's time travel rules don't really hold up that much. They hold up. I think they hold up all right. I think they do too, and especially with, with, with okay, the main okay. thing, all right, all right. which was so satisfying to me that okay, I'm it, going, it makes... I'm, I'm going to bring up one one mild spoiler, right? I mean, it doesn't really that spoiler on its own, but you'll know what I mean, right, by saying this. So skip ahead five seconds if you want to miss this. I, I like how we're dancing around spoilers when the directors were like, hey, a week later, sure, here you go. Yeah. I have I have more respect for people than directors do, right? How exactly did Thanos travel through time? He had the uh, pin particles that were stolen by yeah. Nebula. Yeah. But they only had enough for they only have enough for one trip. He brings an entire fleet through. Well, they're all, they're all miniaturized. And they were already used. No, nah, it's just that's, nah, there, there was a plot hole here. Pete, don't, don't ruin it. I love that moment. <laughs> that last act starts, man. I, oh, hey, man. the rest of the last act's great, but even in the theater watching that movie, as soon as well, that was revealed, I was like, "Wait, how? How is he doing this? This is this is because I guess all the rules you've set up for the rest of the movie." But that's fine. Plus, Go on. Plus, it gave me Professor Hulk in the whole who I used to be versus who I am now memes like those, those, those hit me on an emotional level. Um, but you know, and just the, the, the one ending in particular for a certain main character, it, it makes me cry. Like I'm not even happy tears, you know? So, uh, and, and it, it, again, it pains me so much that I can't get an ounce of these in my favorite superheroes to the, in which that we have a, a comic show dedicated to those Yet I'm having to put the other company's characters higher when it comes to movies. Ah, it drives me nuts. It can't be that hard. They Get have a formula and it works. Yep, exactly. Mm-hmm. All right. So, yeah, there's, there's my top ten. All right, Tara, recap your list. And we are number one. Number ten was Bombshell. Number nine, Captain Marvel. Number eight was Us. Number seven, Parasite. Number six, Avengers Endgame. Number five, Midsummer. Number four, Jojo Rabbit. Number three, The Lighthouse. Number two, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. And my number one is 1917. A true masterpiece in cinema. I, I, I watched this movie again last week 
just to make sure that it's number one. And yes, it's still number one. There is, uh, there is a gimmick to the film, which is used um, in in other films that we've seen, where it's it's shot in a way to look like it's done in one take. Um, this is, I think, the best example of how that could be used because it really does put you in in the war. Like when when it's used in Creed for the fight scene, it puts you in the fight. Um, and I I think this is um, the most effective way of that that um, that film style so far that I've seen. And I am a sucker for war movies. I love war movies and um, World War One especially. I I don't know why, but I am drawn to those um, stories. Uh, it's a really great companion piece if you've watched um, Peter Jackson's doc- documentary um, "They Shall Not Grow Old" to World War One. And yeah, it's a little convenient that these two boys go on this journey and they really do encounter everything that it was in World War One, just in the span of like 24 hours. But whatever, like it, it's World War One is a kind of a boring war to film, so they had to you know find a way to give you to give you everything um, that happened. Um, and it's uh, I, I think the performances are great between the two leads. There's a, a death scene in the film that is, is is done in a way that I've never seen depicted in, in film before, where you actually watch a man like turn gray in front of you. Mm-hmm. And it is very hard to watch and uh, very effective. And yeah, uh, I think I think this movie is top notch filmmaking. All right, Carter, recap your top 10, give you number one. Okay, at 10 was Ophelia, 9, 1917, 8, Little Women, 7, Weathering With You, 6, Booksmart, 5, Knives Out, 4, The Lighthouse, 3, Jojo Rabbit, 2, Marriage Story. And for number one, it is fitting that this list, uh, you know, from all of us, these lists have been full of movies with awkward sex scenes uh, and such on, because... Parasite has one uh, because don't they all? Yeah. Uh, and I mean, only it's surprising. Uh, uh, on the scale of awkward sections, this is the least awkward, but sure. I mean, uh, sure, I'd but it's, say it's pretty up there. It's pretty, it's pretty awkward. Their it's, dirty it's talk is as, a little weird. It's not as weird as some of the others. I'm sorry. It's not like it's all on top of a lighthouse. <laughs> like, no, no. That's why it's not as weird. Lighthouse is weirder, but it's just still awkward. And you know, it's not like uh, I mean, Midsummer scenes. God, I mean. Jeez. Yeah, that one. Um... <laughs> I'll tell you a word for it. But e- either way, I-, I mean, I went into our review and said, uh, the- near the start, I said, it's pretty much perfect. I couldn't think of anything wrong with it. And over the course of talking about it for an hour, I still managed to like it more. And then I got to watch it again after we'd spoken about it and somehow liked it even more still. And it was already a 10 when I went into that review. So, uh, uh, that's saying a lot. I was I was so fortunate to get to see this again in the in the cinema because uh, they they basically they re-released it when it got all the buzz for the for the Oscars and stuff. And um, honestly, because it was it was the week after it won, and I have never seen a foreign film sell out. Like I went to go and watch it, and like I went to go to a half four showing. I showed up at like four p.m. and the half four showing and the following seven p.m. showing were completely sold out. Not a single seat going. And I, I've never seen anything like that um uh, you know I, I even the following week i had to book days in advance to get in 
and it was still full. Um, so yeah, people went and saw this uh, when it, when that came back out, and uh, I was so glad I did because the, the experience was even better. Some of the, some of the sound um, was just phenomenal, and that I didn't notice the first time around. But when I heard it in the cinema, there's there's some great thunk sounds that really like actually physically affected me. Like they they made me wince just hearing the noise. Uh, which I hadn't noticed the first time, and that, that was that was great. But I mean, yeah, the movie's perfect. Uh, I've got nothing else to say. We've all spoken about it, pretty much. Uh, and yeah, yeah. What more do you want from me? Go go listen to us talk about it for an hour if you really want more. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Uh, all right, my number ten was One Cut of the Dead. Number nine was Uncut Gems. Eight was The Farewell, seven was Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, six was Avengers Endgame, five was The Lighthouse, four was Midsummer. three was Parasite, two was Jojo Rabbit, and number one for me is Joker. You liar. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait, sorry, sorry, so that's the wrong list. Yeah. Uh, uh, number one is 1917. Uh, so, oh. <laughs> um, this was one of these things where there's a confidence i mean i guess you have to have confidence we're doing a movie that's essentially in one take even though obviously you're you're faking it by splicing that bunch together um where and parasite does the same thing actually where in its first shot its very first shot it thematically shows you exactly what the movie's going to be about with a visual and then it sticks to that and the movie like it's just it starts off in this peaceful field and it's just this act of a hand going up and the other one, the other guy taking his hand and it's like this bond between the two of them. And from there, and it's got a very symmetrical structure as well. Um, some of the visuals in the movie are, are wonderful. Uh, it's, it's, it's honestly one of the most impressive ones. I'm kind of pissed to put in the trailer because I, f- I felt mm-hmm. like it, I felt like it would have been a great like wow moment in the, in the movie if I hadn't seen it in the trailer. Uh, there's, there's a whole scene where there's in like a town or a city that's, which is all on fire at night and it's just mm-hmm. it's just like apocalyptic, just beautiful, haunting images. Uh, really good stuff. It never really lets up. Uh, it's a technical feat, which for me is a part of the charm. And sometimes, depending on the movie I'm watching, the technical qualities can be worth more than almost any other part. And it's not that it... Bec- and I don't think that's a fault. I think it just depends on the movie you're watching. I think with 1917, the whole point is to experience a story. It's, it's kind of like... A wonder is kind of like a play in that you get essentially what feels like one continuous take, right? Where there's no interruptions or, or, or mm-hmm. cuts, right? It's, it's a camera following. And I, and, but the camera essentially becomes the, the character, in this case, the third character, right? It becomes part of the dance because the camera, as it moves around the other characters, you feel like you're in the scene with them and you feel like you're on this journey with them. So seeing all this play out in real time as we go through the various locations and you feel this trek... Um, this was a movie where I didn't really care about 1917 until I heard... Well, I mean, I care a little bit because of the director, but it wasn't until I heard what the, the style of the movie was, that it was this one-shot one style, that I went, oh, wait a minute, that's interesting. That, that, that piques my interest, because that says that they're trying to do something really yeah. unique and specific with it. And I didn't even know it was until like maybe a week or two before the movie had come out. I was already pumped to see it, so I was yeah. ready. Uh, for a good unlike Birdman, which I didn't know we got into it, and about five minutes in, I went, "You know, this shot's still going. <laughs> when is this shot going to cut?" <laughs> uh, but like for me, it does its job really well. Uh, the main character's got a really good arc, uh, which is beautifully kind of completed by the end of the film, and it's about, uh, I guess, kind of 
regaining humanity that you've willingly lost just to try and get yourself through a war. I guess I'll just say that and leave it at that for the sake of this, yeah. you know, without my, spoiling anything. My one major gripe is that they still haven't released the goddamn song that, that so I can stream it. Yeah, the song that they sing, I, I agree. Because I it, was, like, it was in the trailers, in, it, was, the score, it, was, it, was it was there. Uh-huh. Yeah, like, just release it. I, I want to listen to that song again, because it's, obviously it's not an original song, but it was a great rendition. Yeah. And just, yeah. just put it out there. Put it out when, there. I'll, I'll stream when it. He, when he comes to the forest and there's the singing, and you're like, is this really happening? <laughs> like, you know. Yeah. Oh yeah. man. Uh, this was this uh, was this was this also. I mean, uh, Matt usually hates when I say this, but this this really was an experience in the theater. I felt like I was. Well, yeah, that's different from what you're talking about, like the lighthouse. Yeah. Uh, no, it is. But like, you know what I mean? Uh, yeah. As soon as I started, it's one of those movies where five seconds in, I'm like, I think this is going to be something special, yeah. and it felt well, that way right from the get go. Well, and and it helps that you have uh, Deacons as the cinematographer and. Once they start going into the the um, not the the bunkers the trenches, mm-hmm. right? You start to get a, a geography of them just from the camera, like, and that that's a nice little trick that takes coordination. Oh yeah, the between, the, the opening you know, scene, uh, if you can even still split it into scenes, technically, yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, is them walking from this quiet, peaceful field, and they're getting closer and closer to the trenches, and it just kind of slowly becomes you know World War One yeah. trenches. It, yeah, it sounds like you're yeah, just enveloped by it. Yeah. So, yeah. It's it's that, yeah. No, it's, it's it's very, very good. I just still, you know. And I appreciate that these are stories that Sam Mendes' grandfather told him, right? Mm-hmm. It, you know, told the whole family of, of World War One, And it is kind of this lost war because you don't get too many, at least as far as I know, there's not too many World War One movies. You know, World War Two seems to scoop up a lot of them. I mean, well, World War Two had a villain. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's and yeah, this it's one that, was... and the, this has a lot more of just sitting around and waiting in the trenches well, comparatively. It's, yeah, it's visceral and it's that trench scene towards the end, it, the stuff that you're seeing the aftermath of. You know, it's like, mm-hmm. oh man. Um, yeah, or, or when they send, they start sending everybody, and you're like, no, what? And I'm you not know, I'm so. not someone who typically even likes war movies. Like typically, mm-hmm. if I if if I like a war movie, it's because it goes above and beyond, and it's it's just exceptionally right. great, regardless of what genre it is. And I, I think I prefer when it's this focused on just like a character or something like that. I think yeah. when it's like cutting back to a war room and it's people deciding what the tactics should be, I get kind of less interested because it's just like, yeah, okay, I could watch a documentary for this stuff. <laughs> this, yeah. this was like a history lesson. Uh, whereas this feels like no, this how is how dare you learn. This is how it felt on the ground. Well, no, but you still learn stuff from this. You still learn the conditions. You like just as simple as like how much better conditions the German trenches are. I'm like, ah, oh, I don't think I knew that. Even though I studied World War One in school. Yeah. Uh, well, well, and and when you break it down, World War One too is something that doesn't. Talk. It was a it was a family squabble where they they sacrificed millions of people mm-hmm. over it. The meat grinder. You know? Yeah, just just because that was the way they were going. And yeah, it chemical warfare for the first time. Who has more people really. to sacrifice to win? Yeah. Right, and that, that's what happened. And, and them going usually... across no man's land, seeing like skeletons and whatnot. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. beautiful it's visuals. I loved it, mm-hmm. and I mean beautiful, obviously, and, and not in a traditional sense. Horrific. Yeah, yeah, just in the, the pure cinema of it. Yeah, yeah, and like as much as I love Spielberg, I'd much rather watch this again than Saving Private Ryan. Oh, easily. Right? I, 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 yeah. I could happily never watch him Pratt Ryan again yeah. in my entire life. It's, well, I mean, I, I do watch D Day again. I like yeah, the D Day scene. A lot. It, it, it's kind of though. This is an entire movie of that, right? You know, the, yeah, it's no, going. I agree with that. 
Although I care way more about Schofield than I do about yeah uh, anybody on, on Private Ryan. However, I've been you know, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I always say I'm not much of a, a war movie guy, but between this and uh, and a real like Hacksaw Ridge a couple of years ago, maybe, maybe I'm turning around. Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> All right, there you go. That's that's the top tens. I think before we wrap up though, uh, we can show some honorable mentions. We don't have to really talk about them too much. Just show some extra ones, uh, and then we can do a little discussion on some of the worst stuff as well. So uh, I I would throw out, we'll just we'll just sort of go around. I'll, I'll I'll kick us off here. Uh, I'll throw Ad Astra, uh, which just kind of missed my mm. list. Uh, I thought uh, it's definitely got some logic holes in it. Uh, you know, me and Tara talked about mm. this for a good ninety minutes or so uh, on mm. the Ace and just the logic holes. No, the whole movie, but like the logic holes are definitely there, and they are something that can detract if you if you think about it too literally. But uh, the, the actual core arc is really good about this, you know, the son with his basically his daddy issues and sort of try to solve those. And it's literally to solve the daddy, he has to go all the way out to like uh, was it Neptune uh, to to solve them. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I love that, but it's it's really the, the visuals and the music. Uh, uh, Richter, Max Richter does the music for this and he's the guy that did The Leftovers he did that track that was used in Arrival and then was used in uh, Castle Rock and has been used in at least multiple adverts Like he, he, he's got a very distinct sort of style of music and there's a kind of ethereal like intense drama to every time like Brad Pitt starts monologuing about something as we see images of space but damn if I'm not a sucker for the mood that this movie's shooting for and there's even a great little like lunar car or buggy chase scene like on the moon which I it came out of nowhere but I was really into it I was like space pirates <laughs> the space pirates and I'm gonna chase yeah, it was really good I, I heard about the space pirates and I really wanted to see this movie and I just never got around to it um so eventually it'll come to it's H-E-O it's it's a bit art housey, but it it's just yeah. you know approachable enough to yeah. not be. Yeah, I, d- I don't think it would be too much for Matt. No, I, I think Matt could watch this just fine. Yeah. Uh, Matt, th- I know, but yeah, I don't think so. Uh, <laughs> I think most people could watch it. Matt, yeah. I thought uh, honorable mention then. Yeah, so um, John Wick three, I really wanted to throw in there. It it's not the best of the movies, but it's so much fun. I still think I prefer the first one over them, but. What these movies do with building a complete world, right? And you get to know it with each piece. Um, the end title song for this one is called Really Pissed Off, and it's on my gym workout playlist um, and, and whatnot. So, like, it's just – it's a real fun movie that I couldn't – like, I really wanted to throw it in there, but I just – I couldn't find the spot for it. Yeah. I get that. It, it ended up at 12 for me. It's yeah. so much fun. Uh, I think one is still the better movie. Uh, yeah. I prefer this over two, though. But I think it finds a really nice balance between, you know, just doing doing its own thing and this world building. I think two lost itself a little in, in world building too yep. much. Uh, mm-hmm. This kind of scales, but there's still a fair amount of that in there, more than there is yeah. in the first one for sure. Yeah. Um, but it it focuses in a bit more, and it, and it really has some great stuff. And, and of when, course, the action sequences are phenomenal. When he uh, he uses a guy to to kick a dude to death. <laughs> like it's fit. And what does it do with a book? What what would you yeah, want? Yeah, there's that one too. Yeah. Um really, really good like, scenes. The the lull when, when he goes to the desert and it starts to like you're starting to spread itself too thin with hey, the mythology. Matt, I'll tell you this right uh, now. That's where I've watched up to because I, I I got yeah. distracted and I've i st- I've still not went yeah. back because he was in the desert yeah. when I stopped watching. Yeah, so that <laughs> when it hits to that point and now you're you're starting to you know, if this was a comic book, I'd be 
perfectly fine. But in this world that this is set in, where there's clearly there's rules, yeah, and now you're kind of introducing magic almost. The opening it's, like twenty thirty minutes is so adrenaline filled and like all that yep. all the knife fight scenes and like the, the shop at one point. Uh-huh. Really love that stuff. Yeah, and then it slows right <laughs> down when he goes to these people to help him get out somewhere. Uh, and I'm sure the rest of it's probably great, and I'll go back and watch it at some point. Yeah. But I never, I never finished it. <laughs> it's a whole lot of fun. Uh, uh, but yeah, I, I love I, that the the final fight stuff is just hey yo, know, these guys are good. They should be kicking my ass. Let's let's do more of this and just extended it by however long. I actually thought the final fight was a bit hard to watch just because like the all of the laser beams that they were yeah. <laughs> or the not laser beams it's, but it's like a, the, the aesthetic of the room was a it's little. It's like the, the glass cabinets and the reflections <laughs> and the hard lines. It's 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 hard to yeah. follow in that sense just because it's a unique room that you're you're not really used to seeing anywhere like that. Yeah, and those kind of things don't usually affect me, but I don't know. It was just right at the edge of me wanting to close my eyes a bit. I get it. I think I think it works because the film does use that a little bit. Like the characters use that mm-hmm. to the you know, to their own advantage and use the, the the uniqueness of the room to kind of hide and play a bit of cat and mouse. So uh, it kind of excuses it for me. In that, in that it stops being just hard to watch because it is awkward. Tariff, uh, give it an honorable mention. Um. Okay. I'll I'll call out. Godzilla King of the Monsters. I <laughs> couldn't put it on my list because the human characters were just awful. They were so bad. But every time there was a giant kaiju on screen, I was so into it. And it definitely gets trailer of the year <laughs> because of that. Sure, There's yeah. the humans in the yeah. characters in the trailer. So, <laughs> but I'll, yeah, I. I, th- I think there there's there's just so many moments where I was just like I'm so glad I'm seeing this, this that the, this fight is about to happen. Yeah, I, I like the first movie more because it has more atmosphere. But yeah, I will too. say this: Kind of the Monsters it does use the Godzilla theme, and there's a scene with Godzilla kind of essentially kind of reviving as the main theme plays, and it is the mm-hmm. most amazing moment ever. So <laughs> points <laughs> points um, for points of Joe. So, so you know uh, Samoa Joe used to use that uh, back in his indie days. He would use a song that had the Godzilla theme. Um, so it would start off. That's how you knew someone was about to get their ass kicked. Um, I was watching a video of these. Uh, it's a show that's on Vice where these guys try something for the first time. And they were trying sumo wrestling. So when they brought in the sumo, they played the Godzilla theme. And I was like, oh, this works everywhere. Right? <laughs> it works in the movie. It works here. It works when Samoa Joe used it. Like it's something bad is going to happen. Uh, and yeah, cool. Carter, third one. Uh, I'm gonna go with Missing Link. Uh, oh, it's just yeah, I wanted to see that. Yeah, um, I ended up preferring it over Toy Story Four by a mm-hmm. little bit. Uh, they're, you know, they're both in my yeah. fifty. They're both in the eleven to fifteen yeah. range. Um, but this was delightful. the The animation is uh, spectacular. Yeah, like is, you know, I, I say that Pixar is the the top. Like is they're, they're really like gunning they're, for it. They're trying, yeah. um, but I mean, this is this is like a proper old school pulpy adventure, um, you know, lost culture, you know, sort of thing. Mm-hmm. It's yeah, you know, we got a big foot, and we got to go reuniting with the Yetis essentially because they're kind of the same species, they're like cousins essentially. Yeah, I was gonna say they're more cousins than the same, but that's fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. But that's kind of the the the, the point of the movie. Um, it's got, but it's got a lot of heart to it. Um, yeah, with with the characters, kind of on the journey that they go through but yeah it's it's a blast yeah i think we can ram up a few more without really talking too much about them uh crawl yeah. was mentioned but i do want to give that a shout because I, I did like that a lot uh mm-hmm. hereditary dragon hidden world 
that was great. I don't like it as much as I guess the weakest of the three, but it still had a lot of great moments in it, and still was you know I love seeing those characters mm-hmm. again. Uh, Depraved, which was a, a modern like low budget telling of Frankenstein, uh, really good. Surprisingly, this really good sort of like sad melancholic tale of this Frankenstein creation who re- kind of remember starts to remember like parts of the the life that his brain had, you know, because that's the always all of his parts come from you know different people, obviously. Mm-hmm. But it's the one that the brain comes from that he's starting to remember parts of his life and this woman that he was in love with, and it. I really did like that movie. It's, it's not perfect, but it's really solid. Um, and I'll just throw out one last one Uh, Happy Death Day to You is not well liked by people Tim hated it but I had a blast with this movie it's not a good it's not a horror movie it's just far past that but it's a a fun like comedy like sci-fi movie where I like a lot of the characters I was really into it so yeah I was gonna I was gonna bring that one up uh, on this part you you nabbed it from me but Uh, it's not as good as the first but it's yeah um shazam i really enjoyed shazam just not enough to to make the list um and hold on let me pull up some of the other ones that haven't been mentioned he said book smart um hey that's my last one let me double check yeah just shazam um i was gonna say scary stories but the more i think of scary stories to tell in the dark the more i I really don't like it yeah it's fine i like yeah, the, the tone's there. I appreciate the tone of it, but the story just kind of falls apart. I, I, yeah, when... the, to- the tone's good. It starts off kind of promising, mm-hmm. and then for me, it just continuously like dove like yeah over the course of the movie. The Red um... Room story was pretty great, I thought. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Let's see. Let's see. Uh, no. Oh, Brightburn was the other one. Um, I mean, the Superman <laughs> story. I, you know, it's not the best movie. Had its moments. It's super pulpy. Yeah, at this moment. Uh, I think what hurt it is that we got a good evil Superman story in The Boys on Amazon Prime this year. That's a really good yeah. show. Eight only episodes, yeah. I recommend it. Uh, Tara, throw out some quick honorable mentions. Uh, ones that haven't been mentioned yet. I really liked Frozen 2. Um, I went and saw mm-hmm. Tolkien. I'm not a huge fan of, like, of fantasy, but my exception is with Tolkien. I love Lord of the Rings. <laughs> and uh, I like I liked the movie a lot. That movie's really solid. I like how it incorporates Lord of the Rings into the the biopic stuff. And right, it's obviously the, a lot the trailer of it was really promised like a lot of that, and it really wasn't. No, no, there wasn't like, tons was of it, but it made the moments feel a bit more impactful when they did happen. Right, yeah, and I I did really like the movie um, Spider Man Far From Home. That was mm-hmm. a blast, and um, I think the last one we'll mention is The Game Changers, which is a documentary that came out by. Um, produced by James Cameron, Arnold Schwarzenegger, and Jackie Chan. I won't say what it's about so people don't make fun of me, but it's worth watching. <laughs> yeah, I think that one's on Netflix, I think. Mm-hmm. But yeah. It's had to go to watch. the 18 movie, but it wasn't released to everyone until 2019. So right. I'm counting it. Well, that's not what I Go for it. Uh, Carter, I thought it was quick ones. Yeah, a couple. Uh, the Day Shall Come uh, by Chris Morris, uh, who did uh, Four Lions um, probably close to a decade ago now. Um, and this is very much a spiritual sequel to that. And in the way that was how a terrorist kind of looked at in the UK, this does a similar thing, uh, in, but for, for the US. Uh, it's kind of treading a lot of familiar beats if you've seen that movie, but in a, in a different way. It's pretty good. Mm-hmm. And I watched last week. This is, this is where it caught me off guard. Charlie's Angels was actually really fun. Oh, this, yeah. this, <laughs> this falls into the same feeling for me as 
uh, Mr. Right and Barely Lethal in these films yeah. that people seem to really dislike. And I'm like, I don't get it. This was fun. I really like both of those, and I had no interest in Charlie's Angels, so I'm confused. Yeah. I'm conflicted I like the trailer by this. for Charlie's Angels. Actually. Yeah. I, I thought about it. Yeah, but it was gone from theaters so quick yeah. that I didn't even have the opportunity to go see it. And no, I after uh, the basically the backlash that happened against it, I was like, oh man. Um, because I really didn't like her her last of Banks's uh, Pitch Perfect that she did, so I was like, oh, maybe it's just her. But then I watched Charlie's Angels like a week ago, and it is really enjoyable. Like it is enjoyable more than it has any reason to be. Plus, I didn't realize Patrick Stewart was in it. I must have missed that. Uh. So for him to show up, and I was Captain, like, oh man, Captain. yeah. So. <laughs> um, yeah, I I do vouch for uh, Mr. Wright and barely least of all, I really like those two movies. Yes. Yeah, I feel like if you enjoy those, you'll probably enjoy this as well. It really falls into mm. a similar feeling of just fun action movies. It's not taking itself seriously. It's kind of got a lot of comedy going on with it and just, yeah, mm-hmm. has fun with itself. Okay. All right. Um, so that's a quick bit on the worst, the worst as well. Now, obviously, mm-hmm. I did a, a, a worst 10 horror movies with Tim. So I'll just list off some of the, the ones I hated the most of that before I give some ones that I give any opinion on. Pet Cemetery was dreadful. Curse of Lyrona was terrible. Hole in the Ground I didn't like at all. And the Tall Grass I hate. Gal's Act 2 is laughably bad. All bad movies. Uh, the one that I'll choose to talk about a little bit the worst movie of the year which was one i did with tim although technically not a horror movie this was a bonus episode uh, for patrons but the fanatic uh, directed by fred durst and starring but john travolta i feel like you're you're kicking the small kid <laughs> i don't think that it was ever meant to be good well you know, my next like... my next non-horror movie one is one that i'm pretty sure tower is going to mention and then uh, I mean, people have heard me rag on Star Wars before. You don't need to hear me again. So, yep. uh, like, you know, I the fanatic is a movie where John Travolta plays this obsessive fan of this horror movie actor, and he is mentally challenged. And John Travolta's performance is uncomfortable, and how awful it is from the second he starts speaking. It is amazing that someone this this person who has been in classic movies for like spanning decades, like this is worse than his Battlefield Earth performance. And I've not even seen that movie. I've seen clips of that movie, and I'm fairly certain this is worse than that performance. It's it's insanely bad. Uh, also, there's a scene where the the actor uh, played by uh, Devin Sawa, uh, he's he's with his son in his car, oh. and. Limp Biscuit comes on the radio, and like I remember, I said Fred Durst directed this, and yeah. he says, "Oh, hey son, have you ever heard Limp Biscuit? Oh, Limp Biscuit are great." And it's this, it's like this thirty second scene of just like how, just him talking about how good Limp Biscuit is, and I'm like, "What is this scene, Fred? We know you directed this. Stop it." <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Matt, give, give us what, give us the worst. Um. So yeah, I, I hate to put it on there, but Star Wars. We've had this discussion. Mm-hmm. That was very disappointing. I didn't like Joker nearly as much as everybody else. I thought it was aggressively mediocre. Well, I think um, we see everyone else. That doesn't include us because I think all four of us. No, didn't like no, no, no. It. I think, <laughs> I think most people that I know. Where it's not. I don't think any of us think it's a terrible movie. I don't think it's, it's like, oh, this is the worst. The performance movie. is good. But, yeah. Yeah, performance. Is good. Yeah. The score is fantastic. But I'll give it that. But people just, I know. Funny. Yeah, people I know built it up to be something that it's just not there. It they are reading so much into it and they need it to be this deeper because it's you know well what yeah, they want it so to be is Paris messages <laughs> right right um and then um aladdin was another one that a lot of people are high on that i actively did not like and 
I most of this is on me, not the movie. Is when you get Guy Ritchie to tell a story of a street rat, you let him be Guy Ritchie. You don't handcuff him. The, the worst is they let him be Guy Ritchie for like ten minutes at the start yeah. in the bazaar, and then oh, okay, that's it. We're, we're and then it, it becomes a lot. And yeah, they do a little bit of different things with Naomi Scott's um, Jasmine and um, uh, her her girl that's with her. Um, she was on SNL. John blank on her name. Um, but other than that, it's it's what Disney's doing that I don't like, where they just are doing live action remakes to have live action remakes. And it's not even like Dumbo, which I haven't seen. That was my mom's favorite movie, and I know it's going to break me if I try to watch it. At least Tim Burton tried to do something different from what I understand with Dumbo, right? There's a completely different story or Maleficent. This and Lion King are both just like, hey, you remember this movie from your childhood? What if we did it and made it look real instead of animated? And I'm like, well... Just show your kids the animated ones. Like I think it's there. It's it's more frustrating as well because like they've been getting more and more formulaic. Because obviously this started with um, Cinderella, Cinderella. Uh, yeah, which 100%. was was Branna who did that, and I love and that, that was that was pretty uh-huh. good. Yeah, like that was that was solid. Um, and that was him bringing his 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 background of his, his Shakespearean stuff in and doing yep. the Cinderella. Mm-hmm. And it was a very straight retelling. Don't get me wrong, but yeah. it had but enough it added... of its own style. Mm-hmm. And and I feel like Mulan that got pushed now, whereas yeah, I was afraid that's what it was going to do. But Mulan looks like it's embracing the kung fu mythic style it, movie. It looks like it's a straight up Busha movie. Yeah, well, um, yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm in for that. Out of oh, all these cool. adaptations, though, Mulan is the one I look at and go, "Yeah, this makes sense why you'd want to redo this in live action yeah. because you could actually do like a really good action movie yeah. with this." <laughs> exactly. So, and I just when it came to Aladdin, I felt that's kind of what we were getting. Where I like Guy Ritchie movies, like even the Man from Uncle and. Man no, from Uncle's great. Yeah, like movie, all yeah. of these. Was fun. Yeah, and I thought like you're bringing him in to to be Guy Ritchie. I even like his King Arthur. Me and I didn't Connor talking it's, about this. It's, right? a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a it's a bad movie, but I have so fun watching it. But it's, it's like what is happening? Like the, the high budget parts of it, I thought were like yeah. eh, not necessary, but like right. the actual movie, I kind of liked. <laughs> Yeah, so this is, this is... and then this Aladdin was <laughs> just been outnumbered by people who were like, just have fun. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, and then <sighs> even sitting in Aladdin at my wife, who's very much more forgiving when it comes to Disney than I am, she was like, "I don't know why people are saying this is so good. I just want—I'd rather watch the animated, you know, with with as good as Will Smith is. Like, he doesn't ruin the movie, but he—he's not also stealing scenes like Robin Williams did because he's not Robin Williams. So, you know, it just I have an impossible yeah. task. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Connor. All right. Well, Tara uh, first. I mean, but. Oh, Tara. Right. <laughs> Let me just get. Okay. Uh, yeah, I. Uh, there were some d- just mediocre, disappointing movies that I was hyped about, like like Star Wars. Um, I, I do overall. I'm still pretty positive on Rise of Skywalker. The more I've watched it, but yeah, it's not the ending that I wanted, and yeah, Joker is fine. Um. But the movie I really did not enjoy watching, which we watched for the Ace, was Captive State. I uh, knew you were going to say that. That movie is terrible. Um, so that bad. Is my 80th out of 81st. Do, 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 you know, do you know what's so bad about it? Is that, like, on paper, like, you, you saw here the premise. The, the trailer, trailer you was see, so good. Yeah, John okay. Goodman, you, you've got these, this casting, oh, no. and you're like, this could be great. This could be a great little, like, scythe. You know, aliens have, have taken control of the governments, and, like, but it's, it's terrible. It's not like. 10 minutes no, it doesn't the go where I'm like, it's maybe go. it'll be okay. And the and aliens then... look, they've got buttholes in their face. Like, what? They what's have that? <laughs> I forgot this was a movie. And then I just saw that it was also Rupert Wyatt. 
What's happened, man? A lot of prom- there's a lot of promise, but oh, it is not good. And and it was so disappointing because the trailer was like really quite mm-hmm. cool. It was I think it premiered at the Super Bowl and the trailer mm-hmm. took place in the Super Bowl. But like all of a sudden you have instead of the the government is telling you all the things you're supposed to do, and then all of a sudden you realize that government is aliens or something, and you're like, oh, cool. What is this going to be like a satire about democracy or a, an allegory towards? Um, you know, current political climate. But no, it's nothing to do with that. It's mm-hmm. just a hide-and-seek film against aliens, and it's not good. And I, I don't want to give away the ending, but it does this thing that I hate <laughs> in movies where, like, it turns out that all of your random decisions were all planned in this meticulous way. You're like, I don't buy it at all. Like, mm-hmm. it's, it's not earned. It's It's so... Don't watch it. The sad so. part is, is that there's, there's a dramatic part to the ending where I'm like, I could see how this would be really effective. Like, just this idea of what's happening right mm-hmm. now could be really effective. The problem with the movie I have is that it just, it, 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 it does this, it has this sort of like faux documentary feel where it's jumping around a lot of characters without us really getting to know or care about anyone. Uh, mm-hmm. So you never really latch on to anyone, and it just you never feel like you get to, like, you never feel like you've got like a protagonist. It feels like you're just jumping around tons of people. It feels like it just feels like it's stumbling around to try and tell a story. It's got, an idea it's got it's got a first draft mm-hmm. and it's like here's all these ideas but i don't know what i'm doing with them i don't know how to bring them together eh, screw it it'll be fine yeah, <laughs> yeah. so it was all part of the plan whatever <laughs> yeah it's not good yeah butthole faces uh carter has with a has, has a, a bad or disappointing movie okay i've got two that i want to talk about so i'll do i'll do i'll do uh avengers endgame first i think <laughs> yes, exactly. Now, oh, notably, okay. I just want to point out that was in all three of the other people's lists. That, that was. Yeah. I, I want to preface this by saying I don't think it's the worst movie. This isn't like this isn't. Oh my god, it, it's terrible. Uh, I, I want to get that out there right away. I think two thirds of the movie are fine, actually. Um, when they're doing the time heist stuff, which is you know this is what the movie is. I'm like. Yeah, sure. Uh, I mean, this isn't, I don't love it, It's but it's all right. And then you have the final 40, 50 minutes, which everyone loves. And I'm annoyed at it because this exists for no reason other than to have a big giant fight at the end of your Avengers film. And you know, Pete mentioned earlier, like, oh, well, how does Thanos even get through time? Like, exactly. It's just there just to have a big fight and everyone there. And so everyone's going, oh, but all these moments are in there. And I'm like, but I'm too busy being annoyed about why are we doing this? Why are we wasting 40 minutes to have a giant fight at the end of this movie when the movie already did its movie with the time heist? My favorite favorite part of that was Tara halfway through college, right? Just going, Pim Particles? (laughs) Just quietly. So I just just want Ashley that that you put this on your worst list and she wants to fight you now, Connor. So... (laughs) Yeah, in Vegas, you have to watch I, out. I get people who are just not into the 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 whole Marvel film, yeah. you know, that they're just they're they're they have a formula, and I agree, like uh, they do, but the the formula works, and I like going to them and I just, just I, I was so annoyed a movie that, that I'm expecting. <laughs> I was so annoyed that it, it broke that formula for two thirds of the movie. It was a time heist movie, and that was like, okay, that's a, that's a good idea. Let's do that, and 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 then they went, oh no, forget it. We're just going to do Avengers again at the end. And I'm like, but, oh, 
Just sick of it. We just did a whole bloody movie of this with Infinity War a year ago. That, that okay. has to be a fight at the end, though, because I like. No, that doesn't. That, no, it does. Like it this, does. Is, this is not like Civil War. Civil War shoehorns that Civil War face. The worst part about Civil War is that it forces Civil War to happen within Civil War, because the yeah. the, the interesting fight in Civil War is actually the fight that comes afterwards. It's the the personal fight with the three you know just main characters. And yeah, but the pro- part's so good though. But the problem is, is that you're so deflated by that point because you just spent half an hour watching this airport fight scene, which is just there because oh. We have to justify the title <laughs> so that that really yeah, frustrates me I'll, I'll agree with that i still have fun with it because of spider-man you know he makes that scene yeah um, and there's the the but, blues the airport car in the yeah, background yeah, <laughs> yeah. well that's because the rizzo's yeah, worked the on that car. show yeah yeah, yeah so like but yeah no uh, connor i want to uh. yeah but no, Endgame. <laughs> like you know you have to you have to have them beat thanos you have to have them actually fight him and win no, I thought it was we, we we had the the bit near the start where they just go in and, and beat him in the present day and they take him out and it's like all right we beat Thanos and then you undo it all with the time heist and that is it's unconventional I'd have, I'd have liked this a lot more I'm not saying I've loved it because you know I I, I, I was this movie would be so much of a this movie would be a letdown see if it just ended with like like without Thanos showing up at like that part like see if yeah. it just ended there like, oh no, that's it fixed everything's good roll credits. I'd have been so much, much, much happier. <laughs> and, and, and then I was like, 40 minutes of just wasting my okay, time. Okay, you know, I'm just, just going to give the spoiler I'm going to give the spoiler uh, warning, okay? Because I feel like most people have seen this anyway. So I'm just going to warn you right now. I'm about to drop some major spoilers <laughs> for Endgame, right? If you don't have Captain America picking up Mjolnir, this film is worthless, right? You need that scene. Yep. I still yep. clap. And, and, no and one's around to hear me and I clap. Yep, this, this is part of my problem with it, that... These they, there are these moments, you know, the the, the Milner and the on your left, and and sure, I understand that. Oh, okay, I get why these are good moments, but I'm and there it's so contrived to. Oh, we have to have a fight just to have these moments that I don't give a shit about these moments anymore because we've gone out of our way to to force that we've got to have them. Like he said, oh, if you don't have these moments, the movie's nothing. Then the movie's failed. If you have to have these moments, I, in, in, no, and, is... and two, if two thirds of your movie, which is the main plot, is oh well, the movie failed without it, then it's pointless. No, because the, the way that the time travel works, where they're creating the loops and whatnot, Thanos showing up upsets those loops, right? So it's and then they still manage to to fix things. And it's not like and, he comes out of nowhere either. Like they, they build up no. to him being aware that they've traveled right. in time, and they build up that he's, he gets Nebula, and he, they, they, or the, the Nebula in the past like reads the other Nebula's mind because she think, can connect to her or whatever. I think the rematch is really important yeah. <laughs> for like everybody. And, and we get the <laughs> Avengers Trinity facing off against Thanos. Yeah, and I, I'm not saying there's not disappointments. Like I, I feel like Hulk was robbed by not having a scene where he got to beat the shit out of Thanos because after what happened yeah. in the last movie, that felt really he's, oddly lacking to me. But you know, advanced. You know, he, does, he doesn't need violence anymore. You know, yeah. Um, but no, and plus we get we get Fat Thor. Like, I love Fat yeah, Thor. Sure, so this much. is what I mean. Like, so oh, this, this first two thirds of the movie, I'm like, yeah, sure, I'm, I'm, I'm okay, I'm okay with this going on. Yeah, no, I, I have that end part. And once on your left comes, I get goosebumps. I start to weep. I can't control it. It just happens. <laughs> like they're happy tears. Uh, and then you get to the end. You when when you get the happy ending for Cap. Like this, that, this is exactly why. That's I, a kind I of worms. When it was on all of your lists at yep. the start, because I was like, I knew I'm. I'm, I'm just going to get out. Did you know you're objectively wrong? No, no, no. I just I, I, I can have one round at the wrong. end. Get it all out in one place about how 
you, you just say this movie doesn't work without those moments, and then if two thirds of your movie doesn't work because you, you don't have a, a moment at the end it's, of, of, of a fist, then, then it's failed. Oh, it's failed. How can you say that if the first, the first two thirds of the movie don't work unless you have a moment at the end? Surely that because describes the first two every that an is, entire movie on its own. That describes every movie, though. If you Why take do something, even need a third act. <laughs> no, but, no, but, no, but this is my problem. It has a third act in the off. time heist. <laughs> You have the first act, which is everything's kind of, you know, the, the picking up from Infinity War, everything's gone to shit. You have the second act of, okay, the plan, let's do the time heist, let's put everything together. And the third act is them enacting it and, and sneaking around in the past and interact with all these previous moments. That is your three acts. You have that there. Okay, first then, of all, first of all, all that, <laughs> not every movie's three acts, right? Dark Knight's got like five, not. right? <laughs> Secondly, nothing in that, that, that act in that movie feels like it's, it's the ending. None of it does. But it should. This, this is my no. problem, where it feels like there's nothing left it to do, feel, and then we're, we're, we're going to fight rematch? Thanos again. Like, there, there'd be oh, no, I just wasted a, two hours of my life. It would not be fulfilling if... This is Apollo again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this, is, this is Rocky versus Clubber, because Clubber beats the mess out of him, and then he's got to go train with Apollo. And they got a hug on the beach, right? Yeah. Time, Joe, the time yeah. heist is hugging on the beach. Yeah, that, this entire like, this entire movie, like this, yeah. that this entire <laughs> movie is the montage in Rocky Four or so Rocky Three, where <laughs> where Apollo's training him and he's like, yeah, you know, like that's what this this that most of this movie is that scene. Well, it's wasting time then. And, right. and I'm gonna throw in oh, parts of Rocky Four. Why you like why you've been invested for ten years? Yeah, but see, Connor hasn't been. He hasn't been invested in Civil War. Because he's terrible okay. and has no soul. Civil War, no, Civil War is the one that 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 started going down for me. I, don't, I didn't hate Civil War at the time. I thought oh, it's all right. It was when I tried to rewatch it. I probably before Infinity War. I think I tried to rewatch it. And I couldn't finish uh-huh. it. I couldn't finish Civil War. I was like, I, I'm, I'm done. Oh man! Oh, God, it's such a grumpy sod. Yeah, uh, I'll admit, like when each time a new Marvel movie is about to come out, I I almost always now go to theater thinking that I, I'm over these films, like I'm, I'm ready for something new and exciting. But every time I watch it and I leave, I'm so energized and like, that was great. That was I, just I, I, I will say, like, I, I guess I'm not tired of The exception of, of Doctor Strange. Uh, it does really <laughs> sucks. But I, I will yeah. say, there is a legitimate complaint that I do think a large portion of them aren't that rewatchable. Uh, it's okay, it's like a TV show, you know? I'm yeah. So as, as TV shows guy, can be rewatchable. <laughs> I, not like the big I epic don't, ones. Yeah, like comedies, I don't need yeah. to see Dark World again right now, uh-huh. despite owning it. Like it's fine. I'll I'll rewatch. Well, but before Ragnarok oh, came out, me and Connor yeah, rewatched rewatched the original Thor, and I liked that when it came out, and I found it kind of tedious sitting through it. It just it felt so, I don't know, simple. <laughs> I see, and I like it because it is that simple, and I, it it really hinges on Hemsworth there and and who he's become that's as an still actor. one of my you favorite know. of the, yeah, the movies the, yeah. the original thor because it is very much branner doing his shakespeare mm. stuff and bringing that fantasy right. style to it thor. should be like, bad but that. it's not yeah you know. right and uh, and then and then i feel like dark world tried to do too much and they they don't go through the whole thing and you have these parts that should be cool and this is where the whole infinity thing starts to to formulate the infinity saga and it just it feels like a a missed opportunity and it again as a thor guy it it saddens me but hey we we get ragnarok we got his his parts in the avengers movies it's fine and four, four's yeah. coming with petite directing so yeah. you, you yeah. get all Love that thunder not mm-hmm. pretty, so, pretty good getting lady thor yeah, so and all the rest of it the, so and the guardians movies like there's just there's there's plenty 
there. The, I don't have to watch all 22 of them again. I did that on, on the lead up. Um, yeah, the ones those that I really the, want to watch, I'll just watch. Yeah, like, there's I definitely a, ba- a bunch of them now where like the, the idea of like completionism of like watching them all every time a new one's coming out or uh, even buying them all like that. That's those days are gone. There's too many now. Yeah. yeah. Still, yeah, I still have to get Captain Marvel. I have to get Doctor Strange, uh, Far From Home. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I did get Endgame. Like that, that was without a hesitation. Yeah. But oh, but no, that... no one talked about Far From Home. Far From Home was a solid movie, but for yeah, the record. Yeah. There was yeah. Sure did. honorable mentions. Yeah, there it is. I haven't seen it. It was good. I, I just, I feel it's funny that it was prepping us for the world right now. That we, you know, mm-hmm. w- what are we going to do with, with this lost time? What's it happened in schools? You know? Yeah, uh, far right. from home, have the answers. I I, I guess. Plus, uh... oh, Hall is mysterious. I need to rewatch that. What am I doing later? It's <laughs> on, on Disney Plus, I think. Everything's on Disney Plus. Probably. Well, no, if anywhere is not, because... Uh, during a portion of it, I had to keep looking at my phone. It logged my wife out of Disney Plus uh, on our Apple TV. So I had to try to sign in. She couldn't find it when she did get signed in. Now it's on Netflix for whatever reason. So they still have them split up across oh, weird. I know different platforms. It'll, it'll just be a deal. We don't, we don't have the Spider-Man films, because obviously whatever the right. price they have Sony. And then we haven't got right. Fro- Frozen 2 uh, isn't until mm. July, because they had some pre-existing deals. Right. Mm. Right, right, right. So, but yeah, um, no. Endgame is still my number one, Connor. I don't care what you think. <laughs> I, you have to go with that because he's got so many weird, stupid opinions that you just have to learn to, to be away from them. Uh, so, there you go. That has uh, finally been our top 10 and a few other little bits and bobs uh, of 2019. Uh, hell of a year. Lots of interesting films. Interesting yeah. to see what this looks like next time. This time next year, given uh, the weird, you know, because I mean, right now a lot of movies are done and ready to go and close to being finished, and those will definitely be out by t- this time next year. But it's later in the year where a lot of the movies were still shooting right now and all, all shut down production, where we might end up with a weird drought, and twenty twenty may end up in this weird year where. We can only do really a top five because half the year just didn't have movies. <laughs> uh, I am I am more than willing to to shift the Mandalorian to a movie, um, mm-hmm. for for my list next time if I uh, have to. <laughs> still, no, it wouldn't make my top anything. So no, I'm good. Because uh, Pete's a terrible person. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm good. I, yeah, it's, 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 it's fine. Uh, yeah, I'm good. You know what? Michael Bean's going to be in season two, and I still don't even want to watch it. Uh, no, Rosario Dawson? Come on now. Yeah. Michael Bean! Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Haven't seen him in anything. He's been doing, like, just B-movies forever. Yeah, yeah for 25 years. It feels that way, anyway. Uh, yeah. Alright, but that is that has been us. So, thank you very much for, for joining us on this epic quest. Uh, you can, of course, uh, go and like and subscribe, all the usual stuff. Get us on the Twitters at mail.com for channel updates. Uh, if you would like to support the show and the channel and everything we do here, head over to patreon.com slash TV, and you can do that for as little as $1 per month to get some bonuses. You get a, a bonus episode every month of Streams After Midnight or Horror Movie Podcast I do with Tim. Me and Tara, of course, do the Atomic Cinema Experiment, the Sci-Fi Movie Podcast. You get a bonus episode of that every month for one dollar uh so that's you know that's the one dollar stuff then five dollars you get early access to a bunch of stuff you get voting rates for some stuff and so on and so on uh so go and have a look and see if you're interested uh so obviously recommend the movie podcasts uh there because they're relevant uh, some of the movies we've talked about on this, these very lists uh were reviewed on streams or ace uh or just 121 in general so you can find out a lot of them i mean if i'm looking 
I mean, okay, I'm just looking at my own top 10, but out of my top 10, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, like, 7 of them have been reviewed on the channel, and one was kind of reviewed by me in a sort of half way. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, there's a lot of reviews for a lot of them. Uh, so, so, which which ones are all on the list? So we, we had Parasite and uh, uh, Jojo pa- Rabbit? Parasite and Jojo Rabbit, I think, are the ones that were on yeah. all. Uh, whereas, like, 1917 and Lighthouse were on, like, three lists each. Three. And Avengers. Same with Endgame. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Uh, so. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, that is us. So, we'll be back around this time next year, hopefully having enough movies to do this again. Uh, but that has been us. So, Tim's not invited still. Uh, yes. Yes, of course. Well, that's the weird thing. He wanted the weekend off because it was his birthday. So it's going to be the birthday again next year. It's not like it's going to change yeah. dates. No, but it might not be a weekend next year. I don't no. know if it was a weekend this year uh, either. I just wanted the week off. No, well, it was yesterday. Last... Was it? Yeah, no. Um, yeah. But see, last year we were, I was meeting him for WonderCon at this time for his birthday. Mm-hmm. So he had that off too. Because I took him out to breakfast for his birthday and for hosting me uh, before I left. And that was on a Sunday. So yeah. he does take the whole weekend off. Yeah, no wonder con this year, though. So no. thank you very much. It sucks. I was finally going to meet Bendis. <laughs> thank you very much for watching or listening. We always appreciate it. Keep watching movies, guys. And if you can get it, it's always nice to have diplomatic immunity. Diplomatic immunity.